Oh God! Oh my God! This is getting this is getting edited out of the show. <laughs> We're back. Welcome to the Challenge Chronicles. I'm Devin Jordan, and I'm with Trace Armstrong and Rob McIntyre. We're here to give a special episode, a little bit different from what we've done so far in the podcast today. We're going to talk about our top six favorite seasons. Uh, this was kind of inspired by a poll that Rob a little bit um, a while back on Reddit, where he kind of pulled Reddit for their tops, top seasons and got feedback from the population at large. And we kind of did the same for this podcast where we redid the survey and Rob can talk about that in a little bit, but we released our final episode on the first Inferno a couple weeks ago, either last week or the week before, I can't remember. So you can see all of our podcasts that we've done on our website at thechallengechronicles.podbean.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. And we're here to talk about the challenge as a whole for the first time. What did you guys think of, I guess, going back and trying to go through all the seasons and figure out which ones were your favorite? I know, Trace, you you said that... Well, I guess, first of all, we each had different approaches to this. I feel like mine was a little bit more towards straight robs was a little bit different from what the two of us did yep i definitely just went with my gut reaction and we're like well what are the first six seasons that pop to my mind because those are probably my favorite and i wrote them down and then i said yep those are the six and then i started ranking those six and that's what uh, there's my list Okay, well, I guess Rami. I honestly, did, Devin, I thought you were going to look up Michael Urban, so I was taking a bit of back. But so, um, <laughs> that, that's an inside. That's an inside reference. But so, for my list, what I did, I didn't want to like react emotionally to it because there's some seasons I've seen much more recent than others, obviously. So I went through each season and gave it a score out of a hundred. So I I awarded fit. I like graded each season on a competition basis in terms of the quality of the competitive aspects of the season out of 15. I graded the drama, like the dramatic aspects of the season out of 15, the politics out of 15, the cast and format graded out of 20, and then the setting, production values, and the overall importance of the season, I graded out of five. And that gave me a total score of 100 for each season. So I actually have all three. So what did you ranked. So what were the two that you gave the highest weight? Because when you listed those out, I think you said cast you gave cast the highest weight and kind of when I went through seasons for me personally, that's kind of what I held is the highest too was the cast because yeah, I think, I, I think you can get by I think that's by far the most important aspect to the show. You can have not very, very entertaining. Uh, like, I guess the, the concept of the show can not be very entertaining. And the, I guess the, the actual challenges don't even necessarily have to be that great, but if you can, have a great cast that can make up for a lot. Sorry, go ahead. Yep. So and I don't want to preview and format both out of 20. Interesting. Cast and what? And format both out of 20. Format so those, can definitely go ahead. Well, I just think format can completely ruin a season. Like if a format's bad and it's bad, bad, I just, I think it can completely ruin a season. And I agree sort of, I feel like the format sort of the floor of the season and the cast is probably more like the ceiling Whereas if you give them even not even necessarily a good format, but just a capable one, then a strong cast can really elevate it. But even in an 
even like with an amazing cast in an abysmal format, I just think it completely stink a season. So that's why I gave those two equal weight. I think it just can't be awful like Battle of the Sexes. And as long as it's not awful, I don't think it can ruin a season. But I do agree that if you have an exceptional format, it can really raise up a lot of the characters that you have on the show. Mm -hmm. And I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And I would also add, and I think maybe you said this, but I'll put it a different way. A great cast can make a bad format a good season. And I disagree. We'll see. I would I would push back on that because I would say that even though this is this this one is not on my list and I have a feeling it might be on one of yours. Um, Gauntlet three is an interesting season because the vet squad is a perfect cast. That is almost the perfect team yes. with the exception uh, yes. of one person. It is a perfect team. And the rookie side of it, while I do not like a lot of the people that were on the rookies team, about half of them were at least interesting characters enough that you could wrap storylines around it. And I found some of the missions to, quite frankly, be pretty boring. But the cast kind of rescued that format. I would have much preferred in the eliminations to see um, the vet versus the rookie, which they kind of did with the ruins. And I realized the previous gauntlets or well, Gauntlet One, it was Road Rules versus Real World. So you know, yeah. it just Gauntlet Two. I think they decided to stick with the idea of you fight people on your own team. So, but to me, that cast and how much fun they were having on that show makes that season mm-hmm. insanely rewatchable. Mm-hmm. So for me, like, I, I this is another season that I don't think will be on anyone's list. I know it's not on the two that I have access to. But, like, Vendettas, I actually think, is a really solid cast. But the format just completely sinks the season for me. Like, I legitimately can barely go back and watch that season. I just get angry watching it as the producers just pull countless things out of nowhere for seemingly just, like, they were just drawing stuff up on the spot. So that's a situation, I think, where the format just completely sunk the season. And see, I what would is agree the, What is the, this is a question that I thought of but while we kind of, talked before we started to record that I wanted to make sure that we bring up now. What is the most recent season that each of you, or what, what, what season, what, what, yeah. What is, what is the most recent season that any of you have, I guess, or I guess that might be giving too much away, which means we should and that's probably giving a little bit away. talk about, yeah, it would mine, give mine, away mine, mine to talk much. about the episodes, but I guess, I guess that's something that I'd be really interest, interested to see kind of as we, after we get done and we can kind of re- reflect on each of our rankings, because for me personally, when I went through my rankings, I feel like a lot of mine were really clustered around a similar area by and large. Mine, mine were honestly, we're, are, we're obviously going to figure this out very soon, but mine were really not clustered at all. Honestly, like mine, I was, okay. home, I was actually surprised after them and how spread out they were like, whether you're someone who's been watching for the last five seasons or hasn't watched since the last ten, you, you'll, something uh, from my list is coming up. And the um, people, so for the public's list, also real quick, um, there's is, I, I don't, I don't know. It's, I guess it's mostly congested, but there, it's kind of spread out too. It's hard to say. How many responses did we get in general? How many oh, votes were there? We have, um, so I. So I can't get the exact number, but right now we're at at least twelve hundred. So pretty decent sample. Yeah, that's a pretty but also, 
at, at the same time, you also have the selection bias of people that go out of their way to talk about the, the show on the challenge Reddit, right? So this doesn't necessarily get as broad of a reach as you would uh, challenge consumers by and large. But well, at I, the same time, go ahead. Well, so I did post this on Twitter as well. And then I had a few different sources retweet it who lean more towards the older demographic of challenge fans, whereas I feel like Reddit's mostly the newer demographic, obviously. So I think, I would hope, at least in that regards, that we got a pretty good sample size of people from all different walks of challenge life. Can we see, is it possible to see where each of the votes came from? Which um, Shoot. Unfortunately not, with the very limited sample Google Forms gives us. Well, what can you do? So, <laughs> that's a, that's a should, we, should we get into it? Or do any of you have, I guess, any other topics you want to talk about before we start to go down the list? No, I'm ready to get into it. So, who did the, the public have at number six? So, the people at number six with a score of uh, 8.039 out of uh, 10 had Fresh Meat 1. Okay. I buy it. I don't, I don't, that wasn't on my top six. I don't, uh, it's not on mine. I have any objections about it though. I buy that completely actually. Yeah. I buy that completely. Um, if someone was to ask me, what is the first season? I've never seen the show. I would like to go back and start at a certain point. Where should I start to help understand the show? I would have said prior to invasion, Fresh Meat 1 is where you should start because it sets up basically all the storylines and rivalries and exes and everything that come after it. I mean, it really, to me, the golden era of the show kicks off with Inferno 2, but like in terms of the memorable characters that stuck around, because Inferno 2 is kind of like the, the beginning of a little bit of a newer era but it really was shutting the door on a lot of the older challengers. Like Inferno 2 is like the last time we saw a lot of different people. So mm-hmm. Fresh Meat 1 is really like a starting point of where Wes, Johnny, or well, Johnny didn't show up yet. A lot of the classic characters from the Fresh Meat side and Austin debuted. And so with Austin being the highest rated season of the real world ever, I think it sticks out in a lot of people's minds with Fresh Meat 1. I agree. I think that's so for, kind of a good good starting point in the show's history or a good reset. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, I think a lot of people share that sentiment that it's sort of like if you want to introduce someone to the show and they, you know that they're going to be into it and they're just going to want to watch every season, that's a good one to start on. It is just crazy looking back on it and just how stacked that fresh meat, like the rookies of that fresh meat class was. Because you like uh, from just the fresh meat side alone, you had Kenny and Evan, who are two of the really like faces of the show for a while. And then you have Evelyn and Diem, who you could argue are like two of the three most prominent female faces ever in the show. Mm-hmm. So it's just, and then you also it's have funny like, you, so who's got his own can of worms that he brings with him. And yeah, Evelyn, Ryan. It's funny when you juxtapose this cast of characters from the Fresh Meat team to the Fresh Meat team in Fresh Meat 2, where you get Laurel and Cara Maria. But 
Am I forgetting any other huge characters outside of that? No. I, I, I mean, I'm very partial to Teresa. I love Teresa, but that's a that's a hot take. The guys. Oh, I forgot about Teresa. Yeah, no, she's good too. I like her. I, I love Teresa. She's out, she, real, uh, she's also married to TJ TJ Jones from the Lions. Yes, she is. Know. They have a kid. Yeah. Hopefully they'll have like a champs versus pros and they can come back as a pair. <laughs> that would be cool. They really did a great job when it came to casting for Fresh Meat One. And it would be interesting to see how the show would have developed if they didn't cast as well in that season and didn't get as engaging and quality competitors as they did from that cast. Indeed. Well, yeah. Think about just like if they don't do if they don't do that season where they do it, and they do just like another regular season and don't bring on a whole new fresh meat. The like whole, exactly. The whole like universe who, who are is the different. Of the, yeah, because Wes um, retired after not retired, but he went on, hi- on a hiatus after the duel, and CT was. And what would happen to CT if Dion never comes on? He could just, he could have been just off the show for doing crazy stuff without her. So, like. Just thinking about where the, like, and then can the, you imagine, the faces of the show at that point, especially the, on the female side. Especially without Kenny and Evan, too. Think about what, yeah. like, the next, like, ten seasons of the show would look like without fresh meat. Everything is also, different. I, can you... I'm looking at the ages for each of the people on the fresh meat team on the wiki right now. Evelyn was 18 years old. She was so young. Season. She's still like she's like what thirty one now thirty two. Uh, I don't know. Let's. She's, her see and Cara it, are similar ages. It's, it was originally released like, in two thousand six. So she's so like twelve she's, years ago. So is she thirty now? She's 30. She's younger than she's younger than Smashley. Pretty crazy, huh? She's thirty one right now. Wow, that is crazy. Thinking about yeah. Man, she could so she could still probably come on now and kill everybody if she took a break from being a, an attorney. And yeah, I don't um, know that that's going to happen. <laughs> I think she's done. I think she's done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I get. But she she retired uh, with a win, so why not go out on top? So yeah. All right, let's get into our list on number six, Devin. Who you got? So for my number six season, this one goes to Rob. Oh God. <laughs> there it is the island so we can uh, either talk about this now and we can spend who knows how much time on this or we can save this for the end once we've gone through the rest of the seasons in an orderly amount of time well trace it, it's not higher on your list right Please. it is oh come on <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! It totally okay, is. Right, I have to no, no, Let's do it now. I want to get this out of the way because first <laughs> off, to, just to let you guys know, it's actually lower on the people's list than it is on mine. So I'm, I, I, I am the voice of the people in the situation. I am the one with the people behind me. The voice you guys of the, the voice. Out on, the people are right. No pun intended by yourself. <laughs> All right, Devin, go for it. Let me, oh, let me kick it off. God. So, I think I thought of a good way to kind of encapsulate the island and illustrate what it means to the show and relate it to, I guess, 
another similar concept that we would see throughout TV history. We don't necessarily see it in, in the way that modern shows are constructed, but it was common for sitcoms throughout most of sitcom history. Once a show had been on for a longer period of time to take the cast of the show and then place them in an environment that they were completely unfamiliar with and foreign to and let the environment around them bring a rise to new situations that wouldn't have been possible before. So like the Brady bunch in Hawaii, like (laughs) the Brady bunch in Hawaii or saved by the bell when they like worked at like the beach resort or I love Lucy when Lucy goes to Hollywood. This is what we get here. We get the opportunity to see each of these characters that we've grown so familiar with over X number of seasons in a completely different situation. And I don't think by any means I need to see the island again. Or it's meaning that I, we, don't, we don't. No, we don't need to see them do another season of it. Oh, okay. like I, yeah, I, I totally love agree. watching the we island. agree on that point. No more island. But this one time in this one case with this incredible cast of characters, I think you get a lot of drama and a lot of events that happen within the show that just like fresh meat really shape the show for the next X number of seasons to follow. Mm-hmm. Um, Trace. Yep. All right. I'll so, kick it to you. Okay. So I'm with Devin. This cast perfect for this season okay really the only thing that could have made this any better is if abram had not elected to go home to run his business like that is there's a lot of things that could like if abe had stuck around the insanity that would have ensued of him messing with the politics of kenny and johnny and abe Probably wouldn't have allied with uh, with anyone. He would have just been his own crazy Abe. I, I don't know that well, for sure. Him and Kahut, well, him and Kahutter are super good friends. So he that's also Kahutter true. But that but they started to become good friends because they had not met prior to that show. So it's hard to like you have to put that in context. Like they the entire cast literally met Kellyanne Dunbar and um, uh, Kahuta when they showed up at the island because they had quit, like their season was airing while this was filming. So they had not met any of these people. So the fact that Dunbar was able to elevate himself as high as he did until the very end when the Alliance screwed him, pretty astounding. And the other thing, too, is this is probably the only season of the challenge that it was better to be political and lucky than it was to be um, good at the challenges or whatever. It wasn't really a challenge. I mean, they didn't call them challenges. I can't remember what they called it. Like a wasn't a duel, but it was something they called it. It was a face off. A face off. And, and now that you it. say that, and now that you say that, I wonder if that's why I like this season more than most. Because for me, the actual challenges, and this goes for me with Survivor as well when it comes to the reward and immunity, I borderline just completely tune out. Mm -hmm. And for me, the actual eliminations and the politics and the story and the characters that surround the show 
are really why I continue to watch. Yep. And see, and we're going to talk about this when we do this season one day and Rob groans and complains as we do eight episodes on it. Um, (laughs) Oh, that is not happening. (laughs) (laughs) But Kenny showed why he is the smartest political player that has ever played this game in this season. That that, that is what I also agree with. Yeah. Because Mark Long has been in Mark Long has been in one elimination. Yeah, but Kenny <laughs> Kenny's been in like two, and only one of them was because he got voted in. The other one was because he came in last in a challenge. Oh wait, well, that's not no, true. Fresh true. meat two. There was a couple others. Never mind. But the reason and that Ryan, I say well, rivals he completely tanks the team. But that's yeah. that's a different situation. He was bad. Um, but the reason that I say that is, is he allowed people to compete and get keys that had no chance in hell of building a boat and making it to an island. Robin thought that she was the ringleader of boat number two, and Kenny was smart enough to keep Robin around because, well, as we found out later, Robin's a little nutty. And they, they you could start to see the cracks in Robin kind of being a little nutty in this season. And he allowed her to, in her little group, to get keys just to make it easier for his boat to win. I mean, he outplayed every single person on that island, including his own alliance. I mean, he, he and was, Johnny were great friends. He was also the And he kept him. He was also the one that yeah, he was also the one that talked Evelyn in the end to not taking Johnny's key and taking Gunbar's key. That was all Kenny. Yep. And, and so you really get go ahead. Yeah, I'm with you. And the thing is, is the reason Dunbar, like, I, he found a way to give Evelyn, like, he kind of, kind of like that analogy that Wes did in Battle of the Exes 2, where he showed Leroy where the bullets were, how the gun worked, how to load the gun. He did everything but pull the trigger. And basically, Kenny was like, Abram gave Dunbar a key. What does Dunbar done this entire time to earn a key? At least Johnny's playing the game. And that was the only reason Evelyn gave in on that. We also get one of the all-time best moments in the show's history. And kind of as I researched the seasons that I have on my list, I went to Challenge Reddit and just looked for topics or looked for posts that people have posted and discussed each of the seasons. And one of the moments that you always see people talk about is one of the best moments in the show's history is when Evelyn takes Johnny's key. Okay. And the speech that... Go ahead. I just... I, I've been quiet for a little bit here, but so I, don't, I really don't think that, that... That's one thing I also have bothers me about this. People always say that, but she completely reneges on all of those principles by the end of the show. So I just feel like that really undercuts that moment for me. But that's what makes it so entertaining, is she I, turns it? on what she actually believes. Yes. Because yeah. you, you get to see... That's what makes this show so special. You get to see how what really motivates people and the greed that people operate under and see how like what actually matters to people. And we'll this is gonna come up as we talk about other episodes here as well. But in the end, it doesn't really matter because is she gonna take seventy five thousand dollars or is she going to just give it all in the way give give it away at the end just to spite johnny bananas she's not going to do it and there's no way anyone can blame her for taking the money uh, sure i know I, I i i'm not saying anything against that i just think with that narrative 
And if there's the narrative of like Elwin versus the Alliance, which is, has a decent amount of weight behind it, that just ends up not finishing out at all because they just all ally together by the end and ride to victory. Like to me, I, at least that's not as satisfying. I, so to give some background here. So on my list, uh, the island came out at number 26 out of 32. And then the people ranked it at number 28 out of 32. What were the, just because I'm curious, what were the last two seasons for the, uh, for the poll? So for the people's list, the bottom four were just the first four seasons. I feel like that, I mean, that makes sense that those, they're complete unrecognizable seasons of the. Especially when you consider the people that probably largely voted on it, right? So the people on the challenge Reddit. But yeah. real quick, too, um, just a formatting thing. So if someone uh, didn't see a season, they were told to just not put in a number, and then their votes just weren't counted. So, like, having a season that not a lot of people have shown, those won't be averaging as zeros. Those will just be averaging as not counting. So for me, my I have a lot of issues with the island. I, I think there a lot of the drama that's in the show, there's, to me, there's different kinds of drama in the show. Most of it's entertaining, but there's also some of it, to me, that just is... It just bothers me more than anything. I feel like this the island falls a lot more so into that category, where a lot of the male characters just come off very misogynistic, and I, I just don't enjoy it, watching them yell at them. So, And then also, for me, the big issue I have with it is the challenge has its own niche and sort of what it looks for when I watch it. And if it does something entertaining outside of it, that's fine. I don't find the island entertaining. The challenge has its own niche, and the island completely exits that niche. It does a complete. It factors out most of the competition in the show. It's often praised as a like a political type season, but even with the politics of the season, there's still really, really. It, this the season's really only controlled by a very few, select few group of people in the politics. It's not like an egalitarian political system that uh, the show operates under. So for my my largest issue with it is just that the challenge has its own niche, and then with this show, it just seemed like they were just trying to capitalize off the hype built around Survivor and move its show in that direction. And I don't think it executes it well. I guess I don't really know what the impetus for this was, because at this point in time, when they did this, Survivor was already kind of, they were, they were on a downward trajectory, because this yeah, is in... This was in 08. Yeah, this was in 2008, and this would... This probably would have this been... This was in 2008, so what would be the Survivor season? Let me look it up real quick. So it would have been the 16th season, right? Because they do two seasons a oh. year. Survivor was released in 2000. So season was, 16 is like China, right? No, no. Season or 16 is, is Micronesia. So it's right in between Micronesia and Heroes vs. Villains. So it's kind of in a sweet spot. Yeah, this would have been so, released in conjunction with Token Chains for Survivor. And you can clearly tell that's what's inspiring this season. I think what it comes down to is if you, depending on why you watch the show, will determine whether or not you enjoy this season. And if you tune in for the challenges and for kind of their traditional format of the show, you're not going to like this. But if you watch the show for the characters and some of the moments that come out from the social interactions between them, 
this is the season for you. I, and even I, when Trey started to watch, even when Trey started to talk about how this is really the perfect cast of characters to have on the season, I think he completely nailed it on the head with Paula, Robin, Kellyanne. All of these people are people that by putting them in this stressful atmosphere, the challenge just being stressful in general, but then once you add in the fact that you take all, all of the comforts of home out and limit the amount of food that you have at your disposal, it just magnifies the environment that already exists times 10. Completely 100% agree on that. I don't even think the cast is that great either. And to me, it's a lot for of these cast members. I worst. think that's what it is. I, I, I think for, these, for this season, too, I think it's a lot of the cast members at their worst. Like Johnny, like, Johnny even has said himself that he can't go back and watch this season because of how, like, disgusted he is with himself. I, I think this is a lot of, like, Derek, for example, this is one of, even though this is, he wins this season, it, from a just entertainment perspective, I don't find their, those characters entertaining on the season other seasons i think they really stand out and they have a lot of great moments this season i don't find it that way and like a lot of the females like there's just a lot of to me there's a lot more filler cast members i think than maybe you guys do so like some of the back-end females like collie and then they have ashley who just are very on characters and like jen and the role she plays this season i think she's uh, she shows a lot more of what makes her a good character in later seasons so i Maybe that's part of it. Is that I, for me? It's a lot of the, a lot of these characters coming off at their worst. Where you guys hold a different opinion of them? I will. I will say this. I don't like really. I think most of the recent seasons I am not very high on for the fact that the behavior and the emotions that come off or that the characters display in the more recent seasons, I feel like are completely contrived and not authentic. And for me, it's been very refreshing to go back to these earlier seasons and go through this process that we've been and see the way that people behaved when they weren't trying to make a living on this and trying to be on the next season. And this is just a life experience that they could kind of put on, go through and learn from and grow from. And I think you see a lot more genuine emotions in the earlier seasons and in this season specifically. And that's really why I like to watch reality TV. And we're going to get into another moment that for me stands out is one of the most, I feel like, raw emotions that I've seen on reality TV in one of the next few seasons that we talk about on my list. But that's kind of why I like this season and reality TV as a whole. Well, that brings us to my next one then. I feel like we've done a good small summation of the island to give people a preview of the arguments and will probably be what will be very contentious episodes in the future. Um, my number six, uh, I really struggled because this one was almost fresh meat one, which is not on my list. I went with the duel. The first duel has one of the toughest casts ever competitively that has happened. The only reason 
that the duel is not higher on this list is I can as an elimination. The worst elimination in the <laughs> history of the show. You've got all these amazing competitors, and you're going to get into a guessing lift game? Come on. Lazy production. It, it, it's not. So, so it's higher on my list and the people's list. Is it higher on your list, Evan? This is not on my list. Wow. Okay. So do we want to just wait till we get to it on mine then? Yeah, let's wait. But that's where where that's where it falls in for me. Uh, the duel is number six. It almost was fresh meat one, but at the end of the day, I had to go. The duel is just a better season by a hair. Yeah. So for my my number six is the Inferno two. Ooh. Okay. It is not on my list, but I can Ooh, wow. definitely get on board with that. It was one of the ones that was a near miss for me. So both the duel and Inferno two would have been, they would have been in my top 10 easily. Okay. But I, for me, there were definitely some that I had to, the Inferno two was one that was, it probably would have been seven. Okay. Yeah. On the people's list, it came out at number 10. So and then weirdly too, um, in the last poll I did last year, it came out at number three. Hmm. So it dropped a bit now. I, I wonder. I don't know quite why that was, but yeah, I, I this is my favorite of the really early seasons. I love this season. Yeah, the, I mean it just. This, I oof, think it's good. This kind of echoes what we had talked about earlier about kind of how much a good, how much of a difference a good cast can make, and. For me, there are some of my all-time favorite moments in this season. And specifically, what may be my all-time favorite moment of the wedgie between <laughs> the Miz and Brad. Gosh. Let's go! All right! <laughs> oh, man. It's such a great season. And um, I will preview that it is higher on my list. Um, it is okay. it's higher, so I will come back to that. All right, we can wait for it then. Yep, okay. sounds good. So number, number, five. For, number five, number five for the people. Number five for the people is Rivals Two, and this one is higher on mine. This is not shocking to me at all. It really isn't. This is a good season of the show. It is not in my top six, but it. If Fresh Meat 1 is number 6, I actually will steal Devin's line. Rivals 2 is number 7 for me. It is a great season, great challenges, great cast. Like, oh my gosh, this cast is good. The, the guys cast here for the last, like, the la- the final 6 for the guys cast in terms of a modern season, it's hard, from a pure entertainment perspective, it's hard to get better than having... CT, Johnny, and Wes, and then also Frank, Jordan, and Marlon. Like, that's, that's just an amazing final male group of competitors. Indeed. And then you have uh, Knight, who's hilarious and causes all kinds of trouble. You've got, Knight's really good on this season. He's so good. Zach, before he mellowed out a little bit, so he was like crazy Zach still in this season. Um Gosh, who else are we missing? You had Trishel in her final challenge appearance. You had uh, oh, you don't think she'll be making a reappearance, Chase? No, she's done. <laughs> she's I, done. I was joking. Oh yeah. Uh, and then uh, oh gosh, who was the other? Oh, you had DM come back. Never thought that DM would come back again after another battle with cancer, but here she was. So I mean, it just it 
you know, it, it, to me, and I know I'm taking up a lot on this one, Rivals 2 is a bit bittersweet from the DM perspective because knowing that her final challenge was Battle of the X's 2 and she went out early and then tragically died from cancer immediately, uh, almost within like a month or two of getting home. Um, like, it's really sad that she never you know she didn't get to have like that one last great moment because unfortunately in this season because she was on the the meds and stuff that she was on her brain wasn't always able to like stay in the game and that i mean i remember them talking about it at the reunion you know ct saying like hey man like she was she was on all kinds of drugs that's not fair and the cast was super protective of her and the edit she got in rivals 2 was not kind you're saying Johnny Mosley might not have been mm-hmm. the most sensitive reunion host? <laughs> I, I I forgot he was the host, man. I that was when oh, that, that was is. the last thing that he's hosted, and it was a train wreck. I forgot he he did fr- he did free agents too, right? Because he remember he did the free agents after shows, mm. and those were a, he, a, a train wreck. Mm. If he does one of another reunion show, we should try and go. We, I, I wouldn't be down to go. <laughs> well, I think they, they might actually ban us from the building one, so. if we're even on their radar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sure hope not. We could get T-shirts made with his face on it and just a big red X. So, but yeah, so that I, I, I am not shocked by this. What about you guys? What do you think this is properly rated from a fan perspective? I, I, I it is higher on my list. So I, I love this season. Sweet. We'll get to it then. How about you, Devin? What do you think? It's not on my top six, but I think this is another one that it's probably in my top ten. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think for me, this season has a couple of, on both the men's side and the women's side, good winners, which kind of is always like a nice cap to end the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Okay, so... um. I guess, Devin, we're back with your number five. My number five is The Gauntlet 3. Oh, I geez. knew it. Devin, you're I killing knew it. me, man. I knew this was on oh. your list. I guess we can get the yelling out of the way early. And for me, I will say that one of the issues that a lot of people have with this season is the way that the season ends and that the vets ultimately lose and it for them it it's kind of unsatisfying and i think at the time when i initially watched it when i was i think at that point i was a sophomore in college at that time it was very unsatisfying but as i've kind of rewatched it over the years it definitely looking at that moment when the veterans know that they will lose big easy is about to be taken away on the stretcher each of them knows that every player has to finish for them to be able to get their reward. You kind of see what it looks like for people who were so sure that they were not only going to win something, but they were going to win, I think it was $30,000 each, which isn't the largest amount of money in the world, but isn't necessarily insignificant right for someone in their 20s that could pay off a student loan we're talking about people in their early 20s right where Mm -hmm. most for me my first year out of first year out of college i was making twenty twenty five thousand dollars working at a liquor store 
So this wow. is literally my entire year's salary in six weeks. In one moment that that just fucking slipped away like that. Mm-hmm. Completely gone. And you can see the looks on everyone's face, what this means to them. And for some of them, it meant much more than that, right? Like CT and Brad, who had never actually won one of these. And they had come so close. And you can see kind of just the raw emotion that percolates to the surface as they realize it's not going to happen today either. And for me, I think we've talked about this as a group before, but one of the, I guess, moments that I'll, I'll go back and watch on YouTube for Survivor is in All-Stars, the moment between Lex and Boston Rob. Oh, yeah. When Boston Rob goes to Lex and tells him that he plans to stick together with his alliance after the merge and Lex is going to go home, the next tribal council. And you can see the raw emotion from Lex and the emotion from Kathy and the emotion from Rob. And it really makes you remember that these are real people and that they have relationships that make them more than just characters on a TV show. And for me, that's kind of what you get here at the end of the Gauntlet 3. Real, I just think with that, I, I definitely agree that that happens. I just think it also happens in a lot of other areas in the show's history. So I don't know if I really consider that a unique moment. So like, I think there's a, a, a there's obviously some recent ones you could definitely point to that have a very similar thing that, that happens at the end. And I don't necessarily mean to say that that's the only reason why I like this no, show. No, I'm, I'm not uh, saying you do. A I'm, number of different reasons why I like this show. I just meant to speak to what a common complaint is about this season. I see the thing is with the Gauntlet three, I don't even know if I, I was somewhat upset with how they did the final just cause I didn't think like, it didn't seem very safe first off having them chained together like that. But I, my, my thing with this, I don't know if can you, how much can you really remember from the rest of the season? I can like, honestly I, name you 10 really awesome moments from that season. You've got Beth versus Coral. Like, uh, I guess. Yeah. Beth that was such Coral. a huge moment at the it time. Those huge. were like the, the, yeah. Remember like people were talking about like how like this was like pay-per-view to them. Mm-hmm. All these people that had like watched the show for years before this had happened. Like remember Beth and Coral were on the first modern challenge with Battle of the Seasons. Like they literally, all the cast members, this is like their Hall of Fame castmates, and they're going to go one on one for the first time ever. Like that's a big deal. And it was a big moment in the show that that happened because it had never been possible before then. Um, gosh, uh, what else? Uh, I think the pyramid challenge where the vets threw it. And Danny, that's, that actually is pretty funny. Danny thinking he's so clever by doing laps around the thing and talking like, "Oh, the rookies, the the girls are so stupid." <laughs> uh, you know, like there are so the cast is so good, that, and there's just hilarious moments in the show, like um, where they they take the rookie Zach and shave his head. You know, like just funny things that happened. Um, it's a great season. Like it really is. And the ending of the season, I think it does sour a lot of people and I can see why it's lower on a lot of people's list, but I can't argue with Devin. I, I love this season. It's not, I would say it's probably top 15. Um, but I, it's probably top 15, but I still love this season. It's a great season. So for me, for, so just real quick, the people had it at number 20 and I had it at number 23. Interesting. 
So I, I for me, this the issues I have with this season. It's a lot of real, It's really is a lot similar to the issues I have with the island. Where just whereas the island didn't have any competition, this one does have the competitive aspects of the show, but it's so clearly just the the, the rookies just have no chance in most of these missions. And then I, I've never been one personally who's enjoyed eliminations when it's a, the teams going in against e- going in against each other, like fellow teammates. Mm-hmm. For me, just the, some of the emotion in it is sapped out of it because it feels like there's one team that they might have a horse in the race in the sense of maybe they want one competitor to stay because they're worse. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it really just boils down to just those two people versus the entire cast being having a weight in the outcome of it. Mm-hmm. And then I. I think with a lot of this season, I I think there's like there's some you know funnier moments in the and the, throughout the season, but towards the end, it feels like a lot of it just boils down to me for the veteran sort of the power group inside the veterans team just by trying to figure out ways to throw missions and get rid of girls on their team, and that for me that's just not an engrossing storyline. Okay, very good. So, we'll we'll get to more of that when we get to the Gauntlet three. And we are now on to uh, I guess next? my Trace. number five. And so we don't have to talk about this any further. Number five is the island for me. All um, right. All right. Let, let, let's move on. So we're good. We're, we'll, we'll come back to the island in a, in a few months. When we do our eight-part episode. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, it's not just me who will be upset about that. That it will be the entire populace will have, come at us with pitchforks and torches. Uh, for doing eight episodes on the island, We're, our most our most anticipated season. <laughs> that, that, that is not the case. <laughs> Rob, uh, the, on, honest to God, the island uh, us doing the island is basically just gonna be like the actual island because it's just gonna about to be yelling at YouTube for the entire season. <laughs> I think this will be so. There are certain seasons for Survivor historians that they kind of some people on the show like that they are, I wouldn't necessarily say credited for getting people to appreciate more, but they get people to, I guess, notice them in a different way or think about them in a different way. And that's at least what I hope to be able to do with the island. Me too. Uh, and, and I, I will be, I, no, I'll be the voice of the resistance in that situation, <laughs> I guess. Fair enough. And I'll say this before we move on. Um, the one thing, if like, if I could say anything about the island for anyone that watches it, um, you need to set emotion at the door because this season, Johnny Bananas is an outright dick and treats women pretty badly in this season. And he has said in interviews, as Rob talks about, like his, his girlfriend's dad was like, really dude, like, I don't want you dating my daughter because you come across pretty badly here. And like, he had to really look at himself and then he's done interviews and said, like, I had to take a hard look in the mirror and change the way I treated people because that was terrible. And so, like, I think a lot of the irrational bananas hate comes from the season, but it's partially justified because he was pretty terrible. And so I feel like I feel like you have to approach this season knowing what you're getting into and look at other aspects instead of letting the way people sometimes get treated dominate it. Because it's really easy to let those emotional responses override some of the amazing parts of this season. All right. Well, we'll talk about that more soon. So yep. I guess we're on my number five now. Yep. And this is probably my most controversial inclusion on the list. I had Dirty 30 at number five. I'm shocked, actually. Really? Yeah. 
I, yeah, I, I mean, so this is one where when I was thinking over it in my head, I would not have probably put this in the top six or so. But when I was like mapping out what I look for in a challenge season and then sort of going back through it that way, I just think this season has a lot of a, a lot of really exceptional and just kind of impactful parts to it. And then so this season also, so this is one of the seasons that I binge watched recently. I actually watched this one with some other people besides just myself. Mm-hmm. And they all really enjoyed it as well. So I I, um, I don't know. This is one season I actually really enjoy compared to other people. I think one of the reasons I thought about this the other day and I wanted to make sure to bring it up when we talk about the seasons is that I think one of the biggest criticisms I have with the more recent seasons is that there are so many twists added to the game that it takes out a lot of the skill. And I feel like adds a lot of variation into play that diminishes the quality. And I think that would be the only, well, I wouldn't necessarily say the only, but I I will say this dirty 30 out of the more recent seasons is probably my favorite out of like the last five or six or so. Yeah, see, I would put evasion invasion above Dirty Thirty, but I would put Dirty Thirty Two out of the recent seasons. Um, there are three things that they could have, and this is hindsight. Everybody's got twenty twenty in hindsight. There are three things they could have done to make this challenge perfect, because they already the cast was great. Like the people they picked. They had a very good mix of new people, and they brought vets like Darrell back again. I mean, like, it was a really, really good cast, and we saw some excellent elimination matchups. Like, I mean, heck, we got to see Bananas versus Derek. That was a good elimination. Mm-hmm. Um, the The problem is I hate them starting seasons with purges. Like I think mm-hmm. it is a, I think it's yeah. lazy plot. It's a lazy plot device to get people they can hype for the season, but then get them out of the way quicker. And then if you're gonna do a redemption house, um, maybe I think it needed to be like it was in Battle of the X's too. There's one time that it happens. And there are challenges happening that no one else knows about until towards the end. I'm sure the cast probably had in the back of their mind, hey, it's possible they did a redemption house. This is the dirtiest season ever. They'll probably bring somebody back. But then it's like a you don't know for sure because they brought them back so early in the game for a redemption challenge to bring people back. It kind of gave it away through the rest of the season that, oh, well, if I get eliminated, then I can come back. You know, like... that, that you fix those two things, and I think Dirty Thirty would have been the greatest season of the challenge ever. This is definitely right around the time, though, where the challenge I feel like was on an upswing, right? Because mm-hmm. we we had a lull for I don't even know how many seasons, and well, I remember th- thinking to myself when I saw this season that just like in my head, I'm like, "Wow, the challenge is is like really coming back." You know what I mean? Like when mm-hmm. people like talk about like Miami football, you know what I mean? Like how, how the U's back. The, the U is not back. In, in this case, the challenge, the, the challenge is the, the challenge is getting close to being back. Mm-hmm. And I think there are a lot of really, there's a lot of positive movement in the right direction for the show that happens in this season. Mm-hmm. And sadly they destroyed a lot of that goodwill with the next two. 
You know, like well, I, I, I think that these t- last two seasons, they have their moments and they have some interesting ideas, but there are so many things that make the seasons. Um, how do I put it? Like, like I think you said it. Like the, the you can't have so many twists. Like it takes the skill out. You know, if there's this many twists, then you can kind of luck your way into the final. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me. So for me, for this season, I actually think the twists in this season are executed really well. That's one thing that I know that runs contrary to other people. I think the Redemption House in this situation is executed, for, in my opinion, as not. it's about this similar to Exodus 2 in terms of execution. Because with me, I like how it exists as sort of like how they have a mission and then all the people compete in the mission and then come back. Whereas with Final Reckoning, where they had it, where you like pulled the double cross and then pick somebody else, that one was too much based on random chance. But also with this season, when you compare it to like Free Agents, for example, where you pull the X or the Skull or whatever you want to call it. And then with the other one being sentient, with this one having that allow you to pick somebody else to go in, it really emphasized politics, but it also made it so politics weren't the only like thing that was occurring there mm-hmm. like there could be a situation where a random person who is not in the power alliance is given the power and is allowed to make a move so i think then that situation is actually executed pretty well where it rewards politics but it also doesn't make it completely random this is and go ahead well also by actually it's kind of funny i actually don't think the cast is the best thing about this season i just think they went a tad too heavy into the veteran pool and that since they had most of these veterans on chance versus pose right before this, they were a really solid alliance that was pretty hard to break. And then the younger competitors were trying to just cobble together and it just was never going to work out. So in that sense, in that sense, I think the cast caused a little bit of issues on the political side mm-hmm. where there's not much going on in that situation. I just think the com- competitive aspects of the season are fantastic. I think the eliminations are fantastic. I think the missions are very well executed. I think also drama-wise, people kind of forget just how much crazy, th- how many crazy things happened this season. Like the Jordan Jemmy incident, which in many other seasons would be like the one real big crazy thing that happens, is probably the third craziest thing that happens on this season. I know that I'm supposed to be like all up and up on this, but that season was so long, I honestly forgot what was the Jordan Jemmy incident. That was when Jordan um, made disparaging comments about Jemmy's face and related to someone being disabled. Oh, that's right. I remember On the now. bus ride home. Yep, I remember And then now. you had that situation. You had the fight that occurred in the Redemption House where the producers kind of like tried to hide originally what actually happened before it actually coming out on the reunion what actually happened. Mm-hmm. And them supposedly not actually having footage of that event actually happening. Mm-hmm. And then you also, of course, had the Camilla Leroy incident, which is just oh my maybe the, the, the most... In terms of like actual real emotional things happening, that might be about as real as the show, in my opinion, has ever gotten. I mean, yeah, no. Like when we actually talk about that season... That I usually don't get horribly offended by people that have no credibility because Camilla, like, she said some ignorant, hateful, terrible things, and it was awful. And, like, I, it was uncomfortable to watch, and I don't normally get uncomfortable. That was really uncomfortable. And then to see the grace with which Leroy handled it. Like, so many props to Leroy because I might have hit her. Like, honestly. Like, if you had gotten in my face and said stuff like that, we both probably would have gone home. Because I don't know that I would have done what he did and had the 
the the respect for himself and respect for what he was doing to lose his control. So, like, yeah, that was crazy. They do something here that this is the first time they do it, and to my knowledge, they still do it, that I absolutely hate. And it's that we don't see who the winner of the show is in the final. We don't see who the winner of the show is in the first hour of the reunion. And we see the winner of the show in the third hour of the union after they've completely lost the momentum of the final episode. Yep. And for me, it's just like completely ruins the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it either. I think this way it's definitely executed better in Vendettas, though. Whereas, at least in this situation, the cast also doesn't know who has won. And considering some of the extenuating circumstances regarding Camilla winning the season and her not being uh, at the reunion. Yeah. That, that you can, I can sort of see why they want to pair out there. Vendetta's really bothered me, though, because the entire cast knew who won. It was just us being left in the dark until the last 30 seconds. Yep. And then the cast also not being able to discuss the winner of the season. No because, kidding. You know, that was so- that, that part. That, it, I definitely didn't like it on Dirty 30, but on Vendetta's, that part really bothered me. But so here, I don't think it's as poorly executed. I feel like, yeah, I feel like in general, it just leaves a very unsatisfying taste in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back to what I think I brought up last episode about the peak in theory, right? You remember some, when you, some, it's a cognitive bias, right? And when you think about a certain topic or um, something in general, you think about it at its peak and at its end. And here at the end of the season, it completely loses any, I guess, momentum towards what you finally kind of form your opinion around. So I, I really wish they would go back to how they had it before. I know that they want to try and milk the audience for every last dollar of ad revenue they can generate, but it really, I feel like it drives some people away from the show. Mm-hmm. They, they, on Final Reckoning, they did release the winner um, before the reunion. And for Final Reckoning, it made or definitely made quite a bit of sense to do that. Because if they didn't do that, things would have been... Um, it, it would have gotten very awkward at the reunion. But, um, okay. Well, I, I guess I can wrap up Dirty 30. So now uh, we're back to the people for number four, I believe, correct? Correct. So the people's number four is Cutthroat. And this one is higher on my list. Cutthroat is not on my list, but I do love Cutthroat. I love the format, don't love the cast. So is it is it not on your list, then, Doug? I mean, I'm sorry, Trace. Nope, not on my okay. list. But I will say this, though. So I had a gap. Um, the last season that I watched in real time was The Duel. And I had a bunch of extenuating life circumstances where I was working all the time and I was working 80-hour weeks and I just wasn't really able to watch the show. And I was working three jobs, so you do what you got to do to pay the bills. When you get done with college and the economy tanks, you wind up taking several jobs to pay the bills. And um, that's another story. Um, But (laughs) basically, I did not watch a season between the dual – and cutthroat and cutthroat is when i got down to one job and i was flipping through tv one night and saw it and was like holy cow i forgot about the challenge is still on 
And so Cutthroat, I think I saw episode two was when I joined in. And so it was the first season. And so I didn't know any of the characters beyond Johnny and Abe and a handful of others. Like I was like, who's this Cara Maria weirdo pirate chick? Um, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. And so like Cutthroat was kind of my gateway back into the challenge. And I think I went and bought like every season on iTunes prior to that to catch up. So yeah, Cutthroat I, has a special place in my heart. But man, that cast, some of those casting choices on this season are brutal. Yeah. That, that is my real one issue with this season. Some of the cat, like the, the great team guys besides Abram are a pretty like, like a pretty shoddy group of casting. Mm-hmm. But uh, for me, everything else about the season, I think is just is executed about as good as any other season. It's just the cast really that uh, brings it down a little bit. Yep. I think the format's perfect. I think the eliminations they did were perfect. I think even the challenges in the final, the final is like, a really difficult, challenging final that's not some of the craziness that was uh, like the overnight stuff that started with Rivals. I mean, this is a challenging show athletically, gameplay, politically with the secret voting. I mean, it really – I actually hope they bring Cutthroat back but change the way teams are made. Like I would really love to see Cutthroat with – three vets heading it up and letting the vets argue and fight over the draft and things like that. As, as a statistics dude, um, I would love to see them argue over who they're getting and stuff like, like do like a pre series, like web episodes or something of them trying to draft their team or something like that would be really fascinating to me. I, I think a really cool way to do that would be to like, let's say take Johnny West and CT and then take maybe like Kara, Sarah, and then, See if you can convince Laurel and Sarah to come back on, have them be there too. And then you'd pair up each of those guys and girls and then have those three different pairs draft teams. I think that just that alone would make for great television. I agree. Nope. I wish they'd book it. I'd love to see it. What about you, Devin? What are your thoughts on Cutthroat? I like Cutthroat a lot. I mean, I think one moment in Cutthroat that we haven't mentioned yet that people are, are probably screaming into their my uh, headphones about is that we haven't even talked about one of the most iconic moments of the show's history in the elimination between CT and Johnny Bananas. <laughs> well, it's between Tyler and Johnny Bananas because they knew CT was just a game breaker for that elimination. And I also love the way that they constructed the vote in this season and the way that it was done in private and allows for you to reveal your true intentions more so than it does in... Wow, uh, hold on. Start that over. Somebody burped or ripped gas or something, because that was... That, that, I, that was not coming from my end, so... That was my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it in. That's funny now. If, since it's not human, it's funny. I, I, think we still, I think we still cut. Well, we already <laughs> said cut. It doesn't matter. Keep going, Devin. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I can't even remember. Where were we? You were talking about the backpack. And you the, were talking uh, about the voting format. Voting format, yeah, yeah. So it allows you to reveal your, your true intentions. You can't necessarily throw a burn vote out in this way because you don't know how other people will vote and if they will continue to go along with what they have told you they would beforehand. And I think this kind of adds a, 
a better aspect to the show than a lot of other ways to execute the vote consist of. Indeed. And they kind of brought it back um, with uh, the um, Final Reckoning. Final Reckoning. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I oh, Goodness, I just watched the season and you'd think I would remember. <laughs> but yeah, they kind of brought it back. But it was the problem was is that because it wasn't big teams and it was pairs, it was easy to figure out how to burn votes anyway. So it kind of defeated the purpose to me of the secret vote. <laughs> yeah. Well, also with the season to how they had like people who voted for you were the only ones eligible to go in. So it encouraged burn votes versus mm-hmm. this one didn't really encourage burn votes at all. Nope. Um, I think honestly, the most interesting aspect of this season is to just look at the three different teams and how differently the three different teams operate where you have the red team who operates completely on like a friends basis. We're just who is friends with who is going to determine how you vote. You have the gray team, which sort of has like a, almost an honor based system where it's like, okay, it's your turn. Now it's my turn. Now then it's her turn. And then you have the blue team, which completely is just like, okay, we're getting rid of our weakest competitors. And that's that. Mm-hmm. And, and tr- uh, truthfully, had the producers not done the twist with CT and Tina coming in, that game looks completely different because as fat as Tyler was on that season, and he was, he was tubby. Um, he, I, I don't know that he loses to bananas necessarily in that elimination. I, I don't think he, I don't think he, I think he beats bananas. Well, it depends on what the elimination is. Well, yeah. I, I, if they keep the same one. Uh, I don't know. What I do don't know. Mean? He was out of shape, man, and CT yeah, was gassed from... That one's about from... size, mostly. I would need to see how much each of them weigh. Yeah. He, had, think... a, he had a lot of weight on him, because he's taller than him, too. Yeah, he's I... taller, but he he was not in... I mean, he was able to do the final, which was astounding for... He was not in shape. <laughs> I, but, well, I see... I, how out of shape was he, you think, then? Because he he's an excellent swimmer, and then he's also... Was he like a figure skater, figure skater as well, I believe? So he definitely was like athletic. Yeah, well, when he was younger, he was in great shape. Like earlier seasons, he was in great shape. And then he got back in good shape for rivals. But on cutthroat, he he slowly got out of shape through the season. I think he kind of got in the house and did not work out like he should have. But he still won the season, so it didn't matter. Oh, yeah. Still won. It's kind of funny, too, thinking about it. When you think about it, like, logically – You'd think the blue ways blue ways team of voting would be the way to go because it's like okay, let's just get our weakest competitors out of here. But um, I don't know if it was necessarily that didn't play out that way. But the the one did flub with the format was that first off they had the three last place people vote like or pick the teams when they weren't gonna like be around for a while at all. <laughs> they you were mean, all gone pretty. You quick. mean Siobhan wasn't the best picker ever in the no, history of the she challenge? Was not. <laughs> or Camilla who picked Dunbar with the first overall pick. <laughs> I'm sorry. That is uh, the equivalent of um oh gosh, uh, who uh, r- drafting Ryan Leaf number 1 in the NFL draft. I mean, Leaf was number 2. It was more Jamarcus Russell. Oh my, Jamarcus Russell. Oh, that's probably, perfect. He's probably a similar size to Dunbar too. Which yeah. makes it incredible that they win in the end. It's well, I, so incredible. Well, the, the thing with them winning at the end, it, they kind of just won by default. Cuz the gray team had Abram and Sarah pass out. And the blue team was just Jen and Emily by that point. So yeah. they were one of the only – I think that was more just a war of attrition sort of thing. Yeah, that season was one – I mean, truthfully, though, 
you can say what you will, but Brad Dunbar and Tory played the perfect political game, executed it, and won the season. Like they figured it out, made it work. They they had two what wound. I mean, people can hate on Brandon a lot because he never got far in the game, but it was because politically he just didn't have the friends. And but he was a, he was knocking people out. Granted, he was beating people like Derek. Which sorry, Derek, you were not good. And that's Derek from Cancun, Cancun Derek. Derek. Not, Cancun uh, Derek. Um, and you had Camilla, who turned out to be a beast of a competitor from a female side, and so they just kept knocking people off until they couldn't anymore. And then at that point, they used Paula and Tyler as their scapegoats, and it worked perfectly. The thing with that, too, though, like, had the producers never done a fantasy draft before? Like, why didn't the draft Serpentine at all? I don't know. Because I'm like, yeah, red team wins, then gray comes second, blue comes third. Because red team got to pick then the first, the, the number one competitor each round. Yep, that's what the, do you think was going to happen? Exactly, exactly. So the, the, those are my two gripes with the format of the season. Other than that, I think format wise, it's great. I just think casting it could have used, like the 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 gray team is the one I always come back to because the gray team guys, it's Abram and like some people really like Dan. I think he's fine. But then, like, Luke and Vinny were just no names. And so that, that, uh, that was one of the real Sober the Dan was with- a better competitor. Drunk Dan was more entertaining. But I'm glad, honestly, he got his life together because he was a mess. Yeah. Was that just the people's vote? Was that what we were talking about there? I've lost track. That was the people. It's actually higher on my list, but that was the people's vote. Okay, cool. Let's, uh, let's go on, Devin. Uh, who do you have at number four? Number four for me, I have fresh meat too. Yes. Is this higher on yours, Trace? Yes. It is um, number 11 for the people, and it is number uh, 18 for me. I'm not a huge fresh meat too person. That's that's a hot take. We can wait to talk about this. Okay. Okay. That's good on me. Good on you. All right. Uh, mine is Inferno 2. Um, this probably shouldn't be as high on my list as it is. Um, but I'll give you two reasons why I did it. Number one, this cast looks like they were having a blast on this season. Like they legitimately were having a great time and there was still drama. There was still competitiveness and there were some funny moments. And quite frankly, it's the last of the original feel of the challenge, if that makes any sense, because this is Miz's last season as a competitor um, some of the more innocent earlier season, lighthearted, I'm here for the experience people, um, are not going to be seen after this season as well. And Gauntlet 2, while is not what I would consider the more modern era of the challenge, it is by far a transition season of the show. Like they brought in a bunch of new people, still had a bunch of old people and it still worked, but the show felt very different from Inferno 2 to Gauntlet 2. And so, like, Inferno 2, from a sentimental standpoint, and just from a... It's the best season of the original feel of the show, by far. Like, it, 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 we're covering it after Battle of the X's 2, and it's hard to argue that it's not the best season of the show up to that point. Agreed. Yeah, I, it was number six on my list, so I, I really like Inferno 2. For me, I think this one's kind of a transition as well, though, because it holds, like, the original feel, but I think the eliminations and missions they do this season are, especially the eliminations, are a large step up from the previous ones, where they figured yep. out, 
hey, let's have female, female, and male, male eliminations so, you know, they can actually get physical. This, in my opinion, has really the first great, like, you can even say overall competitive moment in the history of the show with the Brad Abram elimination. Oh, yeah. Which, still going back and watching, it's just fantastic to watch. Agreed. And then the, the cast is fantastic, especially on the guy's side, where um, the good guys have Brad, Landon, Miz, and Darrell, and then the badasses have Abram, CT, Derek, and Dan Renzi. One of it's these Renzi, is not right? like the other. Hey, that, that is true. I, I like Dan Renzi. <laughs> I think he's an entertaining cast member. He's not, entertaining, not but man, you line him up against CT and Derek and Abe, you're like, you, you, dude, you're you can on the tell wrong who the, team. <laughs> yeah, you can tell who the weakest. Well, you put him on the other team with Landon, Brad, Miz, and Darrell. Like, he's not a... No, it's not coming out hot for him either way. He's he's an entertaining guy, but I feel like there was probably a better badass they could have casted at that time. Well, they could have casted one over Karamo. Karamo was dude wouldn't even get in the water. (laughs) Yeah, I think Karamo though fills the we need more people from the last season of the Real World bucket. That's exactly why he's he's there. Um, Landon is probably the same reason he was cast as well, but the difference was is Landon is actually good at the show and Karamo Well, could they cast MJ instead of Karamo? They could have, but I don't know. uh, But MJ really wouldn't have been a badass by their definition, though. Like, when you line up Derek K, CT... um, Those kind of... Abe, those are You could have traded the Miz over, honestly. I have... I have a good recommendation for who should have been on the badass team. And Puck. Trace, I want, you, I want you to guess. Puck? Who I on. No. Puck, Puck, Puck should be on the better. badass team. That should have happened. Better than Puck? No, well, there's no way it's better than Puck. <laughs> debatable. Debatable. Puck is wearing camouflage face paint. Okay, movie. hold on. Before I make another guess, then, is it someone that um, had been on the show before prior to this point? Yes. Okay. Uh, ooh. Ooh. Theo? No. Theo would have been good. He's not a badass, though. Like, he's not hated. You could have been on the good guys. He would have been well, a good could guy. Well, you could budget, though. Like, you, you, cast, you cast who's the best cast and then figure this out. Person, this person is a perfect fit into the badass team. Chadwick? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? That would have been – he would have never done the show again, but that would have been a great casting call if it could have happened. I would, would give been, that. That's, that's kind of like how on Heroes vs. Villains and Survivor, Coach was – Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. The villains team. And in his mind, Coach didn't see any reason why he should was a villain. Exactly. That's why it would have yeah. been perfect. Chapman That's why it would have been understand why he is on the badass. It would have been yeah. perfect. You, All right. you just would have to you'd have to put Holly on there with him though, and it's hard to cut any of those. Uh, we don't need her back on TV. Um so uh, been, Devin, I'm honestly drawing a blank. Who is it? Steven. Oh wow. My he would have yeah, he he definitely would have been a lot better than Karamo, I can tell you that. Karamo did not bring much. Puck, Steven, or Chadwick in place of Dan? Would Puck, been, it, Puck it for me, uh, would be number one. I, I, I'm, I'm very high on Puck. That one small tweak could have made a big difference because all three of those, even I think Chadwick is a really good recommendation. I don't, I don't know if you meant that facetiously or not. But, no, I actually well, I think, think it's he, a brilliant choice. I, don't, I just don't think he would do it. He wouldn't have done it, but man, if yeah. he would have. I, I think there is a lot of better cast you could have put up for that spot, though. So that, that's, that's a bit of a... 
Well, but every every cast you can go through and it has a few misfires, so I don't really want to hold that against it. That's fair. I think the problem though is is with an Inferno season is it's already a small cast. You're only gonna have twenty people there. So like two bad cast members and they let's say they stick around longer than the first couple episodes, that can drag you down. The good news with Inferno two is the season is so great as a whole. Even a couple of the casting decisions that weren't so great didn't matter. Like this season yeah, well, was great. Well, John and Cranwell also are like the first two guys gone, so they don't really hang around that long. So you don't, you know, have to get tired of them. That's also fair. So that, that at that point, at that, in that sense, I don't think it brings it down too much. No. Um, the the good the good guys girls, I guess you could throw a bit of complaints to. Because well, like Jody's a definitely a good cast member. She's not really. She doesn't really. Um, she's only at her best this season. I feel like though. No, to me, her only good season was the duel. Like, I mean, obviously well, she I won think it. She was good on Gauntlet Two. It's just there's so many people on Gauntlet Two. It's that's hard true. To it was it, she on. got lost in the white noise of Gauntlet Two. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that I Inferno Two Number Four. I think it's. I love it. What about uh, yeah? I, what about you, Rob? Where are you at on Number Four? So my number four is Battle of the X's 2. I'm genuinely and surprised again, but also not at the same time. I, I really like this season. This one was almost a little bit higher for me. And this one was number seven on the people's list, so it was you know right on the border there. I just think the politics in this season are so interesting to see Wes and Johnny duke it out and then have Sarah sort of come in through the middle. I think the com- competitive aspects really well executed. I think the um, the drama, I guess you could throw a little bit of shade to, because there's not really too many memorable dramatic moments from this season. But I just think from the competitive aspect it brings it, I think the political aspect it brings it, it's also a really important season in that um, outside of the Fresh Meat season, the show still was just Fresh Meat Real World Road Rules up to this point. And so by them bringing in the RU The One cast members, that really sort of opened the floodgates into them bringing all sorts of cast members. So I think in that sense, it's an important season as well. So I, I really like it. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I really like the season. I, I just uh, – it's hard for me to put it top ten. And it's not – and it's not because it's a bad season. Like I enjoy it and I actually think that it's Wes's finest hour until the format of the Redemption House came into play because to uh. me – they executed that reveal perfectly. When Zach yep. and John A came out, you could see Wes go, oh shit, Bananas is about to waltz back in here. And when Bananas walked in, you could see Wes go, I played the perfect game and I just got screwed. Like, it yeah. was beautiful. That really played out. They couldn't have planned that better because you only get to play that card once of people coming back into the game that were already eliminated because from then on out it's in the back of everyone's mind that this is a possibility. Mm-hmm. But until that point, people may have thought of, thought about it, but they didn't think there, there was a significant probability that it would actually happen. Mm-hmm. And for it to be Johnny bananas that came back and for West to still be in the game it couldn't have played out any better than it actually did. No. From a storytelling aspect, this season is perfect. I would say that the competitiveness, though, outside of the top four or five teams, 
man, there's a lot of filler. A lot of filler. Nate and Christina, garbage. Um, uh, Nate, Nate and Christina were on um, Rivals 3. Or who was it? It was the guy that cried. Was that Rivals 3? Rivals 3 is Nate the Crier. Yeah. Okay, where, where TJ's like, good, see you never. Right, okay. Yeah, that, that's Nate. The, there's Nate the Crier, and then there's also Brandon the Crier, who were both on Rivals. I just remember thinking um, with some of the cast, it was just really weak. And, and it was like, there was a, in every season, there's a hierarchy. Um, there are like the people that you know are going to be on the bottom regardless, but at least they might be competitive. The people that were on the bottom were also not competitive in this season. And so to me, those early episodes, it took a while for the season to gain momentum. But once it got it, it was really, really good. And so like it, that's why I, I keep it out of my top six, but I still think it's a great season. This is – for me, this is like one of those last seasons of the challenge when it's kind of in its lull before it picks back up with – invasion dirty 30 some of the more recent seasons and it's because of characters like jessica mccain that i'm really not she she leaves episode one one of this season it's more of just uh a way to kind of encapsulate this segment of seasons and the characters that are in it and so that doesn't necessarily mean speak to why i don't like this season specifically just more of a concept as a whole Right. So she is not necessarily my favorite character. I was never really high on Naya. I thought that was kind of. Well, really I'm, kind, I'm, I'm kind of pro Naya. I'm not going to lie. I'm very anti Naya. So we'll argue with you again on that one, Rob. <laughs> one <Okay>. day. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm pro Naya in a, a certain way, not pro Naya in all Naya's actions. Fair this enough. was more a way to talk about kind of what had Tracy mentioned, mentioned about a lot of the filler and about how this is really kind of a top heavy cast, right? I was never really that big of a fan of Thomas. I think there are, like, who is John? I think, oh, like, he's I, he's on this. He's barely on this season. I think he's hilarious though when he's on. When like he gets announced with Simone and he says, "Yay, interracial couples!" Uh, that part cracks me up. So I, I, don't I actually know like him. Out of a lineup. But see, who's really that bad? At, um, like from Adam and Brittany up. I guess you guys said you don't like Naya, and I'm not huge on Jay and Jenna. So I that, 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 that's one. Think Zito is one of the most overrated competitors because well, but he's gone in episode one. Though. I know that, but that's the thing is like he had this great showing on Battle of the Seasons, which, while a good season in its own way, is really a very uncompetitive season, and like he got um, there through attrition rather than earning it, and he had. On free agents, he went out right when he should have. And on this season, he went right out when he should have. I think he overrated himself on the show. And I think he's I think he's an interesting personality, but a terrible cast of cast member of the show. I don't think he's that bad, but I don't think but since he see I, I agree with you on Thomas. Thomas is not a good cast member. But he's Thomas bad. has gone episode two and he doesn't do any he's barely on the show. Which it certainly isn't a plus, but like, there's, I don't think it brings the show down that much either. I think like I think Adam and Brittany are pretty interesting for sort of the as far as like rookie get them out of the way early pairs go. I think Adam and Brittany are pretty interesting and in just how they continually fight through these eliminations and try to work their way up politically. Mm-hmm. So then them, I think Johnny and Avery in terms of 
That's one of the actual, like most of the um, exes and rivals, a lot of the exes and rivals on these shows are not super heated pairs. That is. That's one of the, that's one of the pairs where it's an actual, like there's actual stuff between them. So that's interesting from that aspect. Um, and then also you have CT and DM too, and this is DM's last show again. It's heart wrenching seeing her go, but yeah. it's, you know. And it's also weird that they were actually together when this season starts, you know, like they were dating. Like CT they were, and DM? Or, they, were, um, they were together. CT and DM were? Yeah. Were they actually dating? Wow. Yeah, they started they dating. They, well, they didn't end Rivals 2 on great terms, though, did they? Well, that's the thing. They started dating between Rivals 2 and the reunion. Oh, wow. All right, so shutting the door on X's 2 and on to the people's number three. We have free agents. Me and the people agree. Oh, you, you have a number three as well? Number three. Wow, that's funny. It's not, it's not in my top six. Right just outside, though. Number seven. It's not, not in my top six either. I can see why people like this season. I think the format's great. And I think this kind of goes back to, Rob, what you and I both mentioned is very essential for us for a good challenge season. And that's the cast. And for me, I think the cast could have left a little bit more to be desired. I, I agree with Devin. I also am not super – I don't like the format that much just because I don't like the person being chosen to go into elimination to be completely random. I feel like it should either – there needs to be something there where it's not just luck of the draw. Because, like, then, like, look at the – if you look at the final, you have, like, Devin Simone, who I guess she played a good political game, but it's not like she did much deserve to be there, right, in my opinion. And then, you like, in the final, three out of the six competitors have not seen an elimination. Which was more luck than anything. Like I yeah, don't that's disagree. Yeah, it was all luck. It wasn't like they played a great political. Game I don't disagree or... on that, but I would also push back a little bit and just say, like, I don't know that anybody would have called Zach. Like, if this was Duel Three, let's play it. Let's pretend that in the real world this was Duel Three. No one is going to put Zach in the bottom. No one's going to probably call out Zach either. So realistically, on an individual season like this, Zach ain't seeing elimination. Yeah, but Devin would have completely. She would have been gone episode two. They would have. Yeah, she well, would have, she would have been, been called out. She would have been called Nani out. Nani probably would have been. Yeah. Like, like especially in the last one where it's just a completely random with the last four competitors to decide who. Like I, that uh, when they do that, that just is like let's have to do something where it's you know. There's something determining who goes in. It's not just complete luck of the draw. And then mm-hmm. you could argue, you could make the argument that the top two competitors from the male bracket and the female bracket end up having to go into elimination. Indeed. Well, I will speak for the people here, and then you two can rebut me. So um, I love free agents for three reasons. Number one, um, I loved how, first of all, it was our first individual season, but they weaved in elements of a big team challenge. They had certain challenges where you had schoolyard type draws or picks or whatever. And so like you had these big team type challenges and then you'd have a one-on-one elimination. So I loved kind of the callback to some of the classic stuff there as well as merging it with a modern format. Um, I also, even though there's a few people on this cast that are probably not the greatest choices, the cream still rose to the top of who were the best competitors. And they, some of them had to earn their way to get there. Love or hate Johnny bananas. This is his apex. He has never been better on this show than this season. Um, granted his eliminations were against Isaac who stinks. 
Um, while entertaining as a character, not a good competitor, uh, you also saw him take on Jordan in an elimination where you needed two hands, and Jordan only had one, so he got pretty lucky there as well. But he also won his fair share of stuff and politically figured out how to get there and then eliminated CT in the final elimination. And you can say, oh, it was just a puzzle. He probably wouldn't have done it in a physical elimination. But from a game standpoint, Johnny's not a great puzzle guy, never has been. And so for him to win a puzzle elimination and eliminate CT in the process, huge moment for him. And then for him to win the final two, this is the Johnny Bananas apex. So love him, hate him. He is the star of this season, and he does he he wins it all, and he does it without his friends. He won a challenge without Kenny and Evan helping him along the way, or Mark Long, or Derek, or any of these other people. He literally had to figure it out and do it on his own. So I think this is a good season for him. And then the other reason I also like it is there's a lot of really intriguing just drama storylines. I think... Jasmine is hilarious, um, and she cracks me up on this. I loved as some of the sillier moments of CT and Teresa playing basketball, which just it's just a fun cast. Moment. That is that is that's really fun. Um, yeah. There's so many just really cool moments. It was kind of like there were moments that made me remember why we love the challenge from just a cast and an interactive standpoint. It seemed like <laughs> even with the politics, the cast had a great time on this season. So. I'll shut up now, but that's why it's my number three. Real, real quick, why do you guys prefer this format versus Dirty Thirties? Less twists. I mean, there. Yeah. There are no twists in this season. I think it lets the social politics and the actual ability of each of the contestants filter its way to the top. Whereas Dirty Thirty, I think you kind of lose a little bit of the intrinsic value that each of the, the players holds. Mm-hmm. Well, think things with dirty 30 though, dirty 30 with the draw at least had like, okay, you pick the draw and now you throw somebody else in. Whereas with this one is completely random. So that saps a whole aspect of the political game, political game out of it. And it saps a bunch of the competitive aspect as well, where finishing glass and emission isn't going to have as much effect. So that, that's my issue with the format. I having something be completely random. I just don't appreciate it all. And I can respect that. I mean, I really do. Um, I I think, though, that kind of what Devin said is I think the reason I like this format better, too, is you still had to win to guarantee you weren't going in the elimination. And even with the double cross and all that stuff, the just knowing like, Hey, if I can, if I, if I am picked as a captain or a captain picks me as a partner, um, then if I win, I'm safe. Like that is, that's a big deal. And not having to go draw skulls or whatever it was. Was that what it was? Was it skulls? They it drew? was no. The skulls was rivals three. This was the kill card. Kill card. Draw the kill card. That's right. Because Jordan had that famous moment where he came and just flipped all three cards, which was oh. also the dumbest moment. Yeah, that's also that history. also bothers me because. So we'll we'll get a little inside baseball here. But so with that one, apparently Jordan told the producers beforehand that he was planning to do this. And the Jordan-Johnny storyline was really maybe the main storyline of the season. So the producers, of course, wanted to milk that further. Mm-hmm. So the reason why the elimination occurred the way it did, I, this isn't, of course, confirmed, but it's heavily speculated, is the producers were attempting to like encourage Jordan to hold back on flipping all the cards. 
So then he would do it later on when it, they could milk the storyline a bit more. Mm-hmm. So that also bothers me in that there was such blatant producer manipulation there. Fair enough. One of the reasons that I'm not higher on this show, and I would say before I talk about why I'm not as high on this season as I am on others, I wouldn't say that I dislike this season. I like I like this season. I'm just there are more there are other seasons that I'm more fond of, and the reason why I'm not more fond of this season is a reason why I'm not higher on a lot of more recent seasons. And that I feel like this is right around the time that the show starts to take itself a little too seriously. And I feel like the show loses a little bit of its lighthearted nature that kind of makes it more entertaining in the earlier and mid seasons of the show. Yeah, I, I really like this season. I have it number seven, so I know I've come off mostly negative so far. But I, I, I do really like it. I just think there are some problems that tend to get overlooked by a lot of people. Fair enough. Well, I think that's a pretty good spot to wrap up uh, the Free Agents 3 for me and the people. Uh, Devin, what's your number three? My number three season overall is The Duel 2. Ooh. I can't argue okay. with that. It's I, I want I'm ready to hear your reasons, but I can't argue with it. It's a good choice. Trace, are you higher on it or no? I'm high on that season. It just it was hard to put it in my top six, but it's top ten for sure. Okay. For me, go ahead, Rob. Before I, no, I, I was just well, just gonna say that people had it at number eight, so they they liked it a lot as well. And if you had to rank it, where would it kind of be in your I guess. So I had a number 12. I, I think, think there's, just, me, there's just one glaring issue with it that I have. And that is? The lack of drama after CT punches Adam. There's just nothing going on in the house. I don't know. I think the, and Trace, I think you talked about this in one of our last couple episodes about the, what it was like to be in that house and have to, after each of the challenges, try and come up with the person that was going to pick you in the selection as you went down the line and how stressful that was compared to a lot of the other ways that people are selected to go in elimination. Mm -hmm. I think for me, one of the main reasons why I like this season and other seasons toward the top of my list is the the cast. I think you get a good mix of really old school players like Mark and Rachel, which hang around a long time towards the end of the season and a lot of good new players at the same time. And as far as, I guess, drama that goes on or continues throughout the course of the season, I was a fan of the dynamic between Evan and Paula as Paula kind of goes rogue and goes against the Alliance and gets removed from the Alliance as she decides to choose Dunbar as they go down the line. And I think this season also has a lot of really good challenges. As much as, even though I said earlier that there are times when I kind of tune out the challenge, I think there are a lot of really good challenges that are kind of magnified by a cast of really good competitors outside of a a few that wouldn't necessarily 
be characterized by most as the most athletic people that have ever been on the show. Yeah, I can't. This is a really good cast from the perspective of they mixed a lot of old and new into this. And I think they did a really good job of representing several eras of the challenge. I mean, Mark and Rachel, good grief. You're talking Battle of the Sexes 1, two people that were on Battle of the Sexes 1 coming back in for the Duel 2. That's pretty big. And then you've got some of the bigger competitors like Evan, but his two cronies and partners in crime are not there either. So he's on he his finds own. new ones. He's he finds new ones and he finds them pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. And you've got Brad who is just aching for a win and made it to the final of duel one. And if he could have kicked a soccer ball and if Wes wasn't a soccer wonderkind uh from from an american perspective um <laughs> in brazil he'd probably get eaten for lunch but i mean if it wasn't for soccer balls he probably could have won duel one like he his story of i want to redeem myself and him making the final again in the duel two there's so many good storylines like i agree the paula walnuts moment of her Picking Dunbar and going against the Alliance was killed her game and almost sunk Evan's game in the process, too. Um, and then what Devin alluded to that I talked about before is the stress of that list and having to memorize, okay, you've got me, I'm going to pick them up, and I'm going to do this, and you do that. And then just also the fact that a rookie finished second and at no point was in danger of going in because somehow she got into the main Alliance with Landon. Like, that's never happened in the history of that show where a rookie was just so heavily protected and insulated and put Especially in a Especially at the show. time. I mean, it was, it was cutthroat back then. If you were a rookie, you did not get to sniff the final unless you were on a team of nothing but rookies. Like, that was the only way that could happen. Um, so that's impressive. Really impressive. I've always wondered how that happened. Like, how did she get, how did her and Landon end up pairing up? I was, I was always curious about I think it's because you kind of want to select you, you kind of the partner that you kind of get naturally selected with is the equivalent when you compare the male and female rosters in overall athleticism. I, and that's yeah, kind I of see that. that's just kind of how the cast self organizes itself. And she is probably the best or second best female competitor, and Landon is probably the first or second best male. He's, he's the best on this season. He's, he's by far the best, season. and he lost because Brad had Brad had a better game plan in the elimination than he did. Yeah, and this is and to continue off that. That's probably for me one of the best eliminations of all time up yeah. until this up until this point. Mm-hmm. How many eliminations are better than that one? There's a handful from a competitive, a few, but, it's but it's a small, it's, small it's number. Not many. So I feel like this is a really well-rounded season. I think there there are definitely some holes, and that's why it's not, I guess, higher on my list. It can't be much higher, but I think this is very enjoyable, and it's very very rewatchable mm-hmm. too. Well, you know, the, the biggest glaring hole, and we'll talk about it when we get to this season, but I'll touch on it as briefly as I can because I don't ever touch on anything briefly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're laughing because it's true. Um the final you have a season where granted they had these partner moments, but
But it's the final, and it's the duel. Man on man, woman on woman, may the best person win. And you have competitors have to stop and wait for a female to show up before they can get going. That, that Poor old Mark Long times, has got a niece <laughs> who's just like an anchor pulling. I mean, come on. Like, that was the worst decisions the producers made in that season. And it probably, honestly, if I was to be completely straightforward on this, is why it's not in my top six. Because really? Evan would have won that final either way. I think Ev- Brad gassed and Rachel – People love to say, Rachel beat the men. I'm like, well, she wouldn't have if they hadn't had to stop and wait for her. <laughs> so I, I well, hate that argument that people make. It just – it's not I just true. think they end up having much effect. I, 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 I still think, think that's exactly the way the final would have played out. Like I still think you yeah. get the same one, two, three. But I think it was a terrible plot device to make those competitors have to stop and wait for someone of the opposite sex to show up. I think it was a bad call and it tainted what was a great season. I think in other situations they do so much stuff and actually execute it worse. Like on Vendetta's when Tony had to wait for forever to Kayla, for Kayla to show up at that one part in the final. The, the Vendetta's final is such a disaster. Well, that's but also so, why I'm not a fan of that doing that in a final. Like I, I think that I, no, I agree. I, I think great. it's a bad choice, and I hope the producers never do it again because it yeah. it doesn't work. Either you start a leg with your partner, or just don't do the partner thing in a final. Like if you're going to do every man for himself to win, don't do partner anything. Let the final be. Uh, you beat me. I beat you. We're not going to pair up with people. Let's do this. And at least, like in free agents, they rotate through, and it's not mm-hmm. just you get stuck with one. Because they did the same thing gets... in invasion too. Yeah, yeah. So that that works out better. So. But I think I just don't think I don't find I think the politics actually you could argue is somewhat interesting. But there's one alliance that just controls absolutely everything in this season. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the power lines for the men of Evan, Brad, Mark Long, MJ. And um, Landon, they win every. If you include eliminations and missions, they win every single one besides two. Like one of those guys wins it, and then they control everything from a political perspective. In that point, so then it, that, in my opinion, caused some of the possible political intrigue to break down when one alliance is just winning absolutely everything. And then I just don't think any of the dramatic storylines in that house are all that interesting. I agree that Evan and Paula won, I guess, but like the Brads. Tory storyline is just not they're they're not a couple you that I find entertaining to watch go through their struggles on television. And then you also have the Paula Dunbar Kimberly love triangle with Dunbar's girlfriend who's not there kind of thrown in on the side as well. And that's not something I'm really entertained by on television either. So that that's where I think the season breaks down. I do enjoy it though. So it's not one of it's not like a, a back end like the Gauntlet Three of the Island. Interesting. I would I, I I see your points and I think they're perfectly valid. I just I you know, I think that even with its flaws, it still holds up as great and I, I, I think you know, I can't I mean obviously it's your list, it's your preference, but I, I think I have no problem if anybody would put this in their top six or even their top three because from a competitive standpoint it's good and it's also why I wish like as good of a season as Rivals Two was, it was the dual three until the last minute. I just I can't imagine what that season would have been like if it was dual three with that cast. Like I just 
I dream about how good that could have been. And I really wish that we would get an authentic Duel 3 and see what happens. Because I think it would be really interesting from will people call out Bananas? Will people call out Zach? Will people call out if CT ever does it again? Because I don't know that CT's got too many more of these left in him. You know, (laughs) do you call those people out? I think it's a great format, and I think it's a shame they haven't brought it back yet. Okay, so um, are we on my number three now, I guess? Yep. I think we're on... It's his number three. Yeah, I already went. I was the voice of the people on that one. He was also free agents, so... Um, I had cut number three. Also can't fault it. I can't either. I think we already talked quite a bit about Cutthroat, but I think it's a very well-rounded season, and I don't think I mentioned this before, but... It's also the last true team challenge, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because seasons is teams, but it's only four-person teams. So a function is functionally, it's more of a pair season than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's legitimately the last true team season. And I think I would say 90%. Well, I could be completely off base about this, but I would say a significant portion of the challenge Reddit and everyone here on this podcast would very much enjoy to see another team challenge. Am I yeah. right or wrong? No, yeah, I, I would definitely like to see them go back into mm-hmm. a team format. And I would, I would least, love to see at it. At least one time. I, I don't think the cast would like it. I think that's the issue, where the cast doesn't want to have to split the money with all these different people. I think that's the thing, though, is I think you, yes. I think you, you have that problem, but I think there's a way to mitigate it. Let it be, let the cast think that it is an authentic challenge all the way to the final and then break the news that, oh, by the way, it's every man for himself. And then it's like, oh, we would have played the game completely differently if we had known that, but you're stuck with who you're stuck with because you thought, oh, I need to keep the strongest team possible. Oh, crap, I actually didn't need to keep the strongest team possible. I, I think that's the only way to mitigate it. Yeah, I think that that's one idea of I've had, too, of just having like the winning team at the end and then pulling it out from under them and saying, okay, now you're all competing as individuals. I so think almost could, do like a, actually, I think that format would be more interesting. Do the team final, you get through the final, everybody's done. Yay. We won. And then TJ go, Oh, wait a minute. They're going home, but you guys are still playing. Now it's every man for himself. Uh, I think that would be you, a you, great you ha- twist. Like that's a twist that can work. Onto it though, right? I feel like the cast would know that's coming. Maybe it's in the back of their mind, like Devin said, from an exile standpoint. It's still a good twist, but, but I, I think, think that it's. I think that if they start at final as a team, and they get to what they think is a finish line, and they start celebrating, and then TJ breaks the news that they're not done, I think it could work. And I also think that they would need to hide it from the viewers as well. Like, don't let the viewers in on it either. Like, let it be a yeah. genuine shock that that happens. Like going back to me hitting on Vendettas again, how they announced it was going to be an individual winner, but didn't reveal it to the cast until about six minutes left in the final episode, Oof. and then it had no effect. And then it that actually would have had an interesting effect on the politics because, you know, males would have actually cared which females are around and wouldn't make this stupid argument. But, oh, I want to run her a final with her because she's strong. So yeah, that would have been nice. Fair enough. Does anybody have anything when we else get they to, want to When say? we get to Vendettas, I'm not going to lie. I, I'll complain about the island. I'll complain about Vendettas multiple times every episode. Indeed. Anybody have anything else they want to say about Cutthroat? I'm good. I'm good. Cool. What do the people say is number two? 
Number two for the people, Rivals 1. And that is also my number two. Ah, well, then exactly. I know exactly what your number one is. <laughs> is it higher on yours, Trace? I will say that Rivals 1 is my number one season. Okay. Boom. It was um, not my top six. It was my number eight. Really? I think... Do we want to hold... Go ahead. Yeah, we, we can we can hold off. We can wait until uh, Trace is number one to discuss it. But I love this season. For me, this is that first moment, kind of when the season starts and the cast gets together. When you rewatch the season, it kind of just like you you, you just remember how special of a season this is. This is about as stacked of a cast as it gets, and there really isn't a dull moment throughout the the entire runtime. Mm-mm. I will I'll, elaborate I'll, more I'll, later. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw something against that, but uh, I guess we'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. So um, I guess Trace, we're on your number two now. Oh, my number two, uh, Fresh Meat 2. I put it number two, and shockingly, it even shocked me the more I thought about it. I said, this is number two. Uh, and the reason Fresh Meat 2 is one of, is my number two. Oh, man, I'm tired if I'm repeating myself this bad. Folks, it's almost <laughs> 1130 where I live, and poor Rob, it's almost 1230, and he's got finals tomorrow. So we're all kind of screwed up at this point. Um I would say that I love the politics of this. Wes versus Kenny, and Kenny's back was against the wall, and he predicted in his confessional, all you losers are going to follow Wes, and he's going to screw you all, and I'm going to be left standing. And he wasn't wrong. It just, everybody forgot about Landon. <laughs> Especially Danny. Oh, my. The, the, Danny, the, when he claimed the, the that he could beat Landon. in the season. When at the beginning of the season, he's talking with Wes and Evelyn, and he's like, yeah, I wouldn't mind running a final with Landon. I think I could beat him. And they're like, all right, pal. Yeah, you okay. You can think that. <laughs> you probably won't be around for that final, but sure. Yeah, and you know, like this this season, I just I love it. I love the idea. I did not like the exile in Fresh Meat 1. Like I love the concept, but not how they executed it. The exiles in Fresh Meat 2 are perfect. The puzzles changed every time. It was never the same route twice. And then you had um, the the blackout one that they did, which was the one with uh, Luke and Evelyn versus Landon and Carly. And Landon literally pushed her up a hill. Um, I mean, just drama out the wazoo. And they did a really good job of editing all of that and the dramatic arrivals back at the house of who was coming back and – you know, and once again, like this was interesting from the producer standpoint, they get done with uh, Evan having to battle on his own in Duel 2. Johnny has to battle on his own in the next season with Cutthroat, and they were all together on the ruins. And this is Kenny's season where he has to work with other people. And uh, mm-hmm. it's great. I, I, I cannot wait to cover this season from a competitive standpoint as well as a political standpoint. And I think the final is the first really difficult, oh, God, that looks horrible final. When you see people on Reddit talk about some of the best single season performances for any competitor, and I would agree with this, you often see them mention... Kenny in Fresh Meat 2. And I think it's because 
he's his back is up against the wall. He's about ready to go home. And not only does he get out of it, he, he almost wins the game. Mm-hmm. It, it's pitch perfect from that perspective. And then the other thing that I'll, I'll say this, and then because we'll have to cover this really in depth when we get into this season, but just the callback of Wes tagging Darrell in that first episode because Darrell was one of the ones that just kept throwing Wes in in Fresh Meat 1 over and over and over and was one of the ringleaders of throwing him in over and over again. And for Wes to be able to go payback's a bitch, get in there. And he and Darrell having to run that first exile and then losing that first elimination, like it was unthinkable for Darrell to go out episode one. Unthinkable going into this season. And when you look back at that, it's like, wow, that's a big deal that that happened. And then we didn't see Darrell again until invasion. This season really showcased a lot of the veterans because a lot of the fresh meat competitors that are brought in here are afterthoughts. And that leaves a large percentage of the time to be filled by characters that we have become familiar with and get to see them develop a lot more than we would in a standalone season where they have to split the time with twice as many people. Agreed. Agreed. And, and a lot of people, I think the fresh meat on this season are very weak, but the ones that came back later with the exception of Luke, um, they're great. I mean, Kara, this is Kara's first season. She's gone episode one. So we really don't get to know her until cutthroat, but without fresh meat too, we might not have Kara on the show. And again, the franchise would look very different today without her. Um, there's so much that came out of this show. Like even Teresa, she was on several seasons. She was on cutthroat. She was on rivals one free agents and then, uh, X's two. So she played pivotal roles down the line. And I mean, I would say that she didn't play a very pivotal role in Cutthroat, but she got more important each time she came back. Um, So you can't fault that. And then Vinny, well, he came back one more time, and then thankfully we never had to see him again. I think that's part of my issue with you. So I'll be the boys opposition. It seems like I often am, (laughs) but so um, I think the casting is one of the issues I have with this season where the top on the top end, you have Kenny West, Landon, Evelyn, uh, Laurel. Those people are all great, of course, but then the sort of filler characters, I just don't find particularly interesting on this season. So that's, that's one of the faults I have with it. Competitively speaking too, I've never, the Exiles, maybe it's just, I don't know. I've never found those as interesting as you do, Trace, the Exiles. Mm-hmm. I prefer the more sort of man-in-the-stand type eliminations, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So those are the two primary issues I have with it. I can definitely see why people really like Fresh Meat too. Um, there's also the political aspect of it. My issue with the politics in Fresh Meat too, I think it's kind of just Wes is winning the political game, but then he just keeps winning so he tries all these moves and then eventually they come back to bite him but so i don't think that's all that engrossing either so those are my issues with the season i can definitely see why people really like fresh meat too it's just never been a season that i've really enjoyed oh that's fair well good times rob what was your number two so my number two uh, is rivals two okay 
Anything so else you want to add? <laughs> well, so we touched on this season a little bit yet. There's still some other stuff. I I really like Rivals too. I consider I I thinking about it in my head. I almost had a number one, but um, so uh, just the competitive aspects this season. I think the missions are structured really well. I think that's one of the things comparing this to Rivals one, where Rivals one the missions to me, um, they didn't really require the competitors to like work in unison that much. And with the rivals or exit season, I think that's really important to force these two people that don't like each other to have to cooperate in the missions. And I think rivals did a really good job of that. I also think, um, like, you just have so many great uh, uh, rookies this season. And then you have, like, Jordan and Marlon and then Cook especially. This is Cook's only season, and she's fantastic throughout both as a competitor and a character. So I, I really enjoy rivals, too. I don't know what thoughts you guys have. I don't know that I have anything else to add because, I mean, yeah, it's a great season. We, we talked about it already. So. Yeah, it's a great season. And it, I I cannot argue with anyone that puts it in their top six. I couldn't even argue with them if, you, if someone said it was their favorite season ever because, I mean, granted, every season of the challenge is someone's favorite season. Even the poor soul on Reddit who tried to debate me that Battle of the Sexes 1 is amazing and we just didn't see its greatness and I just said I'm done talking to you now. Um, is Road is Road Rules is Road Rules All Stars anyone's favorite season? Uh, who knows? I'm sure there's some I, I, lone, maybe it's um, there's somebody favorite season. Maybe somewhere in Eastern Europe, someone has only seen the first five <laughs> seasons, and so Road Rules All Stars is their favorite. But yeah, no, like Ro- Rivals Two is a great season, competitively, cast wise, final wise, like everything on it is good. Um, so anybody that puts it top six, top three, top two, top one, best season ever, sure, go for it. I, I, it's a good season. David, you didn't seem as high on it as the rest of us did. So what do you have like any glaring issues with it, you think? Because that's one of the things I really like about it. I just don't really see a way to poke hole, too many holes in it. For me, I think it's probably like, you know what I mean? Like in that range of like 13 to like 15 for me. So I, okay. I just don't have that strong of an opinion about it. Like I think this is, when I look back at the seasons right now, this is probably one of the last good seasons for me before the show gets into a slump for a while. Mm -hmm. And so I like the season and I don't know if it's just because in my mind, I juxtapose it towards the other seasons that follow immediately after, but I don't, there aren't any, I guess, big moments that resonated with me in the same way that some of these other seasons do. See, I think CT winning his first challenge ever, I think that's like a really good moment. I think the elimination between um, Jordan and Marlon and Leroy and Ty is a really good elimination. So that's one I think is good. You have Emily winning her first two and Paula winning her second and kind of riding out that way. You have Wes winning guys where he hasn't won in a while. And then you have him and CT sort of working through the problems they had. The Wes versus CT had been a dynamic that's been throughout the show basically since the duel. So to have them work through it on this season, I think was interesting. And so those are the be like really, really, really good friends. Like they're yeah. really, and really good Wes friends. At, and now Wes is at CT's wedding and apparently they call each other all the time. Well, so. CT was also at Wes's wedding and, and Wes's wedding only had like 25 people. Like it was yeah. a small, tiny wedding apparently and CT was there. So they off camera have an amazing relationship, which um, and it all came from this show, seemingly. It really did. Rivals 2 is what kind of started the bromance. 
And the other issue I guess I have is the cast, which for me is the most important aspect is you kind of look at some of the early competitors for the men, right? So like Tyree, Raw. <laughs> I think Tyree's pretty funny this season. I'm not going to lie. Derek. <laughs> the one episode he's in. What do you fall asleep on the toilet? <laughs> I, I can see what you're saying, but I just think since those guys get out of the way. Jason early, McCain get, goes, out, goes out early. Yeah. Anastasia. Oh, Naomi. Man, the, the Anastasia CT dynamic this season. When I don't need. Is that when see? Is that when she gets eliminated? TJ goes. Maybe if you didn't not eat and smoke cigarettes, she'd be okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that was like probably the most brutal TJ slam in the history of the show. Like he he very rarely like comments on like people's like I don't want to say physique or lifestyle. Like he'll do stuff like I hate quitters. Good luck. See you never. Whatever. But for him to be like, well, maybe not eating and smoking cigarettes is a bad idea. Whatever he said, it was just brutal, and it was like, ow. It's, it's more personal than he normally gets. Yeah. Yeah. It was obvious he did not like her, and he made sure he let everyone know he didn't like her. Yeah. <laughs> and she was not brought back on, so maybe he uh, had a hand in that. Probably. Well, yeah. I, I don't think many people were claiming for Anastasia to come back on, though. So. No. No, no, no. That, that's my, that's my, my, I guess – opposition to it is the cast the cast yeah. and then and i would the, agree with I you guess, too that I, I, just think the, I just think the the core cast is fantastic and i can definitely see what you mean with the expository cast members i just think since they're they leave early and even when they're around it's not like they're super prominent i think since they they don't they don't bother my tv screen too much and the core cast members i think are just fantastic i th- i don't mind it as much yeah i would agree and it's also the season where dunbar finally sealed the deal that he's never coming back cuz he threw the elimination and then talked about throwing the elimination so that was pretty much the end of his tenure on the show i think i think another thing from dunbar might have also helped secure him not coming back well that happened we after need- cutthroat yeah i know that he didn't i get know paid it happened for after- cutthroat yeah you have to i can't believe they still brought him back after that now that you say that but that's the thing i know that, that right had no cutthroat. factor the thing but that, that this was a while after it it was but he revealed like after the show like yeah i threw it because i knew i wasn't going to win with tyree and i didn't want to be there for three more weeks with tyree as my partner and not go home with any more money he's like i got my show money i knew i wasn't going to win the final so let's just go home <laughs> and when he I'm said that interview they him back after that once he said that in that interview for Rivals 2, Dunbar was never brought up again. <laughs> yeah. So he kind of sunk that. So I well, guess that brings us to number one. What do the people say is number one? What is the number one show as voted in our poll of 1,200-ish people? So the people and I agree on number one, and we both have the duel at number one. Can't argue with it. Can. Yeah. For me, I think there are better seasons, but I still really enjoy it. I think from an, I think the duel first off, I think it's the most important season of the show, just in establishing the CT DM dynamic, and then having all, and then having like Johnny be his his first season, having Wes have a super prominent role. If CT's definitely had really good seasons before then, but back, but then he was just kind of like the roughhouse competitor. He wasn't sort he was of human in this the season. dominant. Yeah. He wasn't the dominant character he became on this season. 
So that I think is really important. I think that competitively, I, I know Trace has issues with one particular elimination, and I definitely agree with him on that sense. I think the other eliminations, for the most part, are executed very well. I think the missions are executed well. And I just think the storylines in particular this season are just so engrossing. You have Wes sort of trying to lead his rebel alliance against the power team that's occupying the center of the show. Him, I don't know if you really call him tricking Evan, but like, manipulating Evan into going in against CT. And then Evan, I don't know if he used that as like a vendetta against Wes, but then sort of turning the tables on him in later seasons. You have Svetlana being the rookie who just beats, goes through three different female competitors on her way to the final. So I really, I, I love this season. It's my number one. I've already said what I've said about it. It's great. It's a good season. I don't, I guess if, for me, episode seasons that I had ranked from, I would say, six through ten are all pretty much in the same range. And I wouldn't have, I could be persuaded at a given moment to have one of them higher than the other. And for me, that's where the duel falls. I think there are a lot of moments in the season where competitors real really i guess almost cement their legacy as how good they are as competitors right you have derek this is one of the when people think about how good derek is competitor now we have the moment with him and joss in their elimination but before that, for me, it was, do either of you remember the challenge that they do in this season where your hands are tied together yeah. and you have to start on the ground and push the other competitor off the platform into mm-hmm. the water? When they're on like the little plank? Yep. Derek, yeah. Derek not only beats Big Easy in this, but he also beats CT. And it really shows how good of an overall player Derek is from a physical perspective. And I think there are a number of instances like that, that you could point to for numerous people throughout the game. Absolutely. I I completely agree. I mean, the duel cemented Brad's legacy as well. I mean, I I think that his performance throughout that season was amazing considering who he was up against. I mean, you can joke around about the roller derby mission, but man, they were beating the crap out of each other in that thing to win that motorcycle. They were really trying to hurt each other to win that thing. And there are just some amazing competitive moments. And um, yeah, the only weak things are just nitpicky stuff. So, I mean, it's a good season. The, the I can to me is what keeps it from being the number one season. Like, you had really? Compa- just the one elimination? Yes. I'm dead serious. This one could have been my favorite season of all time, but the I can just leaves a sour taste in my mouth. But how many times does that happen? Like three? How, how many I cans are there? Uh, there's Johnny and Tyler, which, eh, who cares? Yeah. But the DM and Nisa one was just like, oh. I actually think that leads to like a good moment. It was though. a good and- moment, but it was just, it's such a bad way to eliminate people when the other ones were so much more competitive. Like, there was literally no skill. It was just like, who can outbluff the other one here? And then maybe they could lift it. Because, I mean, I, I'm a CrossFitter. I deadlift. I could have probably maxed everything of that out. So I would have just said, hey, throw everything on there. I'll do it. You know, I, 
whatever, you know? I, I just – it's not a good elimination. It's bad. And I, I agree. I just think that it only happens four times. So for me, it's not going to have a super large effect. Yeah. I will, will respectfully – I mean, I get it. Like, I can't – if people don't find that a problem – Again, I can't fault it. I still think it's a. I still think the dual one is the number one season of the show. You can make the argument, and no one really go against it. Like I can't fault it at all. Like there's no, there's been no pick, and I'm sure Rob, other than us picking the island, you could the say, island like, gone in three. I take some some consternation with, but other than that, other than that, like yeah, there's really not a whole lot of ones where we've said where I'm like, oh heck no, there's no possible way someone could. I mean, the only one that I would have, if someone had come in and said Battle of the Sexes one is my favorite season ever, you would have had a really hard time getting me to buy that one. I mean, I, I it's obvious you haven't seen other seasons one. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> You think Sexes 1 is worse than Sexes 2? Yeah, I just finished yeah. watching Sexes 2. And Sexes 2 had so much politics that at least the politics made it interesting. I don't know. Sexes 1 has Puck. I think Puck elevates Well, after Puck leaves, too. that show died. So. Well, sure, but there's a lot of seasons for after. <laughs> and there's a lot of time after Puck. Yeah, there's a no, lot I, of time. I, I, hey, I'm not saying it's a good season. <laughs> I, I know. Sexes 2 is worse. Awesome. Let's put it like this. There's a reason that we did... Battle of the Sexes one in one episode, and I don't think that will be happening for Battle of the Sexes two. No, we'll break that one up. There's well, actually there's actually stuff I, I, to I talk about. I was exhausted after that episode. <laughs> it was a long one. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners were like, "I'm done." Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think Trace touched on it. All of these seasons that we're talking about are good seasons. That we we're naturally talking about seasons that are ones that we are actively enjoy to watch and we will even rewatch to this day. And I think that's kind of how we've gotten to the point where any of the ones that we name now, well, I guess I, I shouldn't speak too soon. I think Rob may have an issue with what my number one season is. And oh, I think Trace already knows. What I already is. know what yours is. Yours is the ruins. Bingo. I, I was going to get the ruins too. <clears throat> these are as a whole, if you group them together, kind of why everyone loves this show. And I think that's kind of why we wanted to do this episode to kind of give a larger context and lens of how we look at the show and hopefully inform more of our opinions to the audience as we get into these next group of seasons, which I'm personally really excited to talk about, especially as we get into the Inferno 2. Indeed. Right. So, so uh, I'll go ahead and dive into the ruins here then. Yeah, go ahead and dive into the ruins and we'll wrap up with rivals. So, the ruins. So, all right, we're going to have to cut this real quick, but my battery is about ready to die. Mine so, let's. I'm almost debating whether or not I should dial in on my phone before we start this off, but let's see how far we can get. Well, um, are you on just your laptop? Yeah, I'm on five percent right now, and I don't have a charger with you. No, it's at work. So let's just see how far we can get. Um, So cut three, two, one. The ruins is my number one season, and for me, this is the best cast the challenge ever has. You get drama throughout the entire season 
between Wes, his team, Darrell, and pretty much everyone else on the show, you get a number of very good eliminations. You get one of the best all-time female eliminations between Susie and Kim. You get Wes upsetted by Kahata. The challenge at the end of the season stays compelling. And the drama that happens at the end of the season between Brad and Darrell kind of buoys what could have been a slow walk to the final. And I think from beginning to end, there's never a dull moment. And to cap it off, this is kind of, I feel like, peak steroids era in the (laughs) challenge. And that just, like, ratchets everything up about 10 notches. And I know that this may not be other people's favorite season because there isn't a lot of parody, seeming parody between who could potentially win the season. But for me, that's not necessarily why I watched the show. And because there isn't that parody about who can win in the end, I feel like that makes the show focus on the actual characters, which is why I still watch the show till this day. So um, for a bit of background on the ruins, the people voted it number 14, and I had it number 15. So it's right in the middle for me. Yeah, I think the ruins is really one of the more polarizing seasons. And where someone ranks the ruins can kind of, you can kind of tell what they're watching the show for, if that makes sense. Hmm. So, like, with me, my take on the Ruins is probably a bit different than most people. I think the beginning of the Ruins is fantastic. When, for as long, but as soon as Wes leaves, for me, he was such a focus of a lot of the drama at the beginning of the show that once he leaves, you get a few fights that break out and stuff. But outside of that, I just don't think, I don't think the overall storylines carry over as much once he's gone. And like, see- if he beats Kahuta in that elimination and sticks around with the um, champions team until the final... And you can see how those storylines played out. It would probably be like a top five, a top four season for me. But since that didn't happen, and then after that, you have a few fights. But no, I don't think there's many storylines that sort of carry over episode by episode from that point on. That's where it falters for me. Yeah. And for me, I would say that how it continues to be great from then on is the internal conflict that happens on the champions team. And that continuous debate that happens with who will get sent into the elimination as Derek, Evan and Kenny continue to try and Johnny try and save themselves as they try and put other pit, pit other people on their team against each other. I just think the only real instance where that gets interesting to me, at least is um, cause Cyrus was a pretty clear. All right, we'll throw, we'll throw him in. And then Darrell offers to go in. So unless I'm missing something, the only real debate, in my opinion, then was when um, they threw Johnny in against Dunbar. Not necessarily. The One of the biggest moments of the season was Veronica versus Abyss, remember? Oh, yeah, that, that was, I'm just talking about the male side. On the female side, yeah, there's other, interest, there's other interesting circumstances. You get the Veronica versus Abyss. You that get the Katie Doyle versus... 
Sarah, and they, as they start to give each other the middle middle finger in the middle of the elimination. I think there are is if you go episode by episode here, there is something that will make the show enjoyable throughout the entire course of the season. Yeah, I, you know, this would have been in my top six, and I tried to rank this from the perspective of not what the season could have been, because it would be really easy. Oh, well, if they just did this, the season would have been perfect. Well, you can't do that. It's The season is what it is. And I would say that you are 100% on the money, Devin, and the one thing that, that I think Rob made a good point, and this is where I lost interest in the season, Um after the Darrell Brad fight, nothing really happens until the final. I yeah, mean, that's, that's the only thing that keeps it from being a perfect season for me or a top six season. Um, but I also see how you can say like, it doesn't matter. Like that's fine. Like the, the, you know, there's so much other things and there's still memorable moments that happen and there are, and there was still internal conflict. I mean, Susie wanted Casey and Susie got her way and stuff like that. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff in the show that make it interesting. But the, 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 the thing that kills me is you had this amazing cast and the only thing that kept it from being more competitive was Casey. She was the absolute worst. And she cost her team so many victories or even a chance to be competitive that since she stuck around until like the next to last episode or the last episode, whenever it will next to last episode, um, it, it's pathetic. And that's the thing that killed me. Like it literally killed me because that season was one cast member being removed away from what easily would have been the number one with a bullet for everybody. Are you really think Casey though? Is they really, you really think Casey's that much of a hindrance to the team? She always is a huge hindrance, but I just don't. If you remove well, her, I still think the champs dominate. I don't want to get into a long statistic conversation because I know that Devin's battery is going to die. But <laughs> quite frankly, if you remove Casey, their team gets thirty percent better, which means in that season they only won one challenge, one daily challenge, one stinking daily challenge is all they did. You ratchet that up to three or four. And the rook and the 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 not the champs, whatever they called them. The what did they call them? The challengers and champs. Challengers and champions. The challengers would have then had control of the matchups, and that completely changes the dynamic of the season. That's true. And so that I mean, Casey's casting to me ruined the ruins for me. And I still (laughs) love the season. I think it's a great season, and and competitiveness is not everything to me. I think the drama of this season and Wes in particular, my God, he is the star of the season and is the reason he got recast for every season he could be on from then on because he was the catalyst for everything. But Casey kind of kept it from being better from being better. Quite frankly, if Casey's gone and you have any other female competitor, you're in a different, you're in a different ballpark. So you so you really think if they cast like we we'll even give them a good cast? Well, let's say Paula instead of Casey. I I I, don't, I understand what you're saying from the standpoint of a lot of the missions in the challenge come down to who's your worst competitor and whoever has the better worst competitor is going to win. And the worst female on the challenge or on the champion squad 
was still better than her. Like that's the thing. Oh, like no, they definitely. could account for Veronica, and the top end of the male side on the champion side was ridiculous. And this is how you can't get into the what might have been. But CT was supposed to be on that cast on the Challenger squad, but the cast threatened not to show up if he was on there because the Duel Two preceded it, and they said we won't show up if he's there. So let's let if you throw the what might have been into this, if CT's on the Challenger squad, that's a different season too. Yeah. Imagine this season if they did. Well, how many? I forget how many people were on the season. It was like 28. 20, right? 24, 26, 28, maybe? something like that. Yeah. It was yeah. mid 20s. If they added a few more in and made this season cutthroat, I think it would have been fantastic. Well, but the thing is, is I don't think that would have happened anyway because they were, you could tell they were building to the ruins in the previous two seasons. They, they cast the cast the way they did. And there's a reason Bananas wasn't on Duel 2. They were trying to get another new winner. They were trying to get two new winners that they could put on the champion squad. I, I well, I guess so. I, I would have definitely preferred it that way. I guess then you could say, oh, well, you wouldn't have as much West Johnny, uh, West Johnny, Kevin, Kenny, Evan drama. I think that was happening no matter. That was happening regardless. Drama. Yeah. Yeah. When you have when you have Wes and Kellyanne in the house, when Johanna's also in the house, who was also who had just finished hooking up with Kenny, who's also in the house, and then Kelly's and ex of Kata is also in the house, th- things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, Devin, I, I think it's an awesome season, and I think it's a good number one pick. And I think Rob's right; it's polarizing. You either really love this season, or you really don't. Like it's yeah. there's no people that go eh. It's one or the other. Oh, well, I, I, I do, but, you know, I'm not all people. <laughs> okay, so I will uh, – let me, let me wrap this up. So that will bring us to my number one, which is Rivals. And um, there's a lot of people that I could see why they do not put this at number one. But I think it's a top six for a lot of different reasons. It's my number one for a lot of different reasons. Number one, cast is stacked. This cast is amazing. And the other thing, too, is I think the cast had an idea when they walked in and saw who all was there that this might be some kind of a weird rival season, but they had never done a non-Fresh Meat Pairs challenge before. So this introduced a new wrinkle the cast wasn't really ready for. And then once the first Rivals thing was announced, you could just see... Wes start to just go sour. He knew he was about to get paired with Kenny, which meant he was going to have to work with both Evan, Kenny, and Johnny. Like his worst nightmare come to life is working with those three. Then you've got Adam and CT who like Adam, like CT legitimately tried to kill Adam at the duel too. (laughs) It was pretty bad. And so, I mean, the 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 rivals on the male side for the most part legitimately did not get along. I think the only one that was kind of a it wasn't a stretch, but Johnny and Tyler didn't have like a contentious. They just didn't play the game together because it seemed like Tyler always seemed to screw up Johnny's game. Like that's really what the rivalry was. Is Tyler made a bonehead decision at the duel one? Why you pick your friend is beyond me. That that happened. And then the cutthroat thing happened, and then the gauntlet three thing happened. So, like, they're rivals, but they're not, like, hate each other rivals. Wes and Kenny hate each other. 
Evan and Nehemiah definitely hate each other. Um, I mean, and you could even say that, like, Leroy and Adam didn't hate each other, but they certainly weren't friends up until Adam gets kicked out in episode one and they bring in Leroy's best friend from his season of the real world. Um, but the cast, I love it. The female side, you've got Kara and Laurel. You've got Jen and Mandy. You've got uh, Paula and Evelyn. You've got John A. and Jasmine. Um, you've got Sarah and Teresa. Um, it, it's a good, great size, competitive cast and drama-filled cast. There are memorable fights from this season. You've got the the West CT one that seemed to go on all night. You've got Jasmine breaking mirrors. Um, one of the funniest moments, and Evan tells this story on a podcast, and you sh- I wish that Derek Kaczynski's old podcast still existed because he said Tyree's best night of his life was the night that Jasmine hooked up with him on Rivals 1. And he said it was the funniest thing ever to watch uh, Tyree with a hard on in the pool, half passed out drunk, bobbing in and out of the water for an hour. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, I just and they show it briefly on the show. But Evan was like, that went on for like an hour. (laughs) Um, The season also has one of the for me, I would have to think of juxtapose it to more recent seasons but when i used to think about what the best eliminations were all time for me this was number one when you get adam and ct versus johnny and uh tyler yeah the only thing is is like i there's a rumor and there's speculation that adam threw it i think he threw it i think he threw it too that's my issue with it. I th- I think I think Wes versus Derek is my number one elimination all time in terms of my entertainment of it. That would probably be number two though from a pure entertainment perspective. Oh, yeah. But Adams, it really looks like Adam throws it, and that does cast a shadow over it. But it was still entertaining when CT does the tackle that takes out both Johnny and Tyler, yeah, or, or, or even before the elimination, oh, like brutal. his hype up, his hype up, um. Sort of not a montage, but you know his what he's saying before it, and you can clearly see like the fear in Tyler and Johnny's eyes mm-hmm. as they're waiting for this thing to start. Mm-hmm. So that that's really entertaining too. I agree, and you know so, this is such like a this is the beginning of CT's redemption arc. I think we talked about it on a previous episode where like CT has three really distinct arcs as a character. He's got the initial scruffy Boston take-no-crap guy, great competitor. And then you have the CT starts to go psycho. Um, Duel, he starts to become a little human in that process. But when his brother died and it was tragic and he was back on the show and there was the the Duel 2 moment. But even – I can't remember if his brother died before Gauntlet 3, but I – Think it, I think it was in between. I think it was in between, but you could remember, see that um, CT was starting to go off the rails yeah. after Gauntlet, like on Gauntlet 3. Like he was really, he was even testing like the way he was treating DM. Like it just didn't look like he was in a he healthy was hard place. To watch in Gauntlet 3, and then Rivals is the start of him, his redemption arc of becoming a good guy again and seeing the human piece, seeing he and DM become friends again. And then. 
uh, see him finally win his first challenge, and now he's like the challenge gatekeeper. You know, he's the elder statesman of the show. I mean, not too many people get a spin off him from the challenge. So it, yeah. it's it's a this is the beginning of a lot of stuff, and then the final is by far the best final in the history of the show, like no question. Hardest there's, final. There's one part of it that really bothers me. Is but, it the um, catch up at the the end of day one? Yeah, it's the two minute advantage that Wes and Kenny get when they finish about an hour ahead of Johnny and Tyler. That bothers me. And I that is a valid argument, but this is the hardest final, and Bananas has been in probably more finals than anybody. And he says this is still the hardest thing he's ever done in his life. And there are things that we that they did that aren't even on the final broadcast. And when we talk about the show, I will go way in depth on that because when he he did an interview once where he actually talked about bit by bit what happened on that final and it is astounding what they cut out and it looked brutal on TV so i'm going to stop Ooh. talking now because i could talk about this all night and it's getting late and i want to hear what you guys have to say no, I, I i mean i was the lowest of the three of us and the people on it, and i had a number 8 so i it's hard to find someone who dislikes rivals completely the, the few gripes I have with it, I kind of touched on it a bit early with Rivals 2. I think with the missions, they just um, they don't really have the pairs work together at all in these missions. And in the elimination that occurs, too, like there's the one elimination where um, Wes and Kenny beat Brandon and Ty. Hi. And then they're literally just climbing up a rope where the other person has zero effect on how, how uh, their partner is doing. So that those are those are parts that where I think are clear misses that they could have fixed up, hmm. and then also um, the first half of the season, the first episode is really good, but then after that, I think those episodes kind of lag a little bit. Um, politically speaking, there's really nothing politically, in my opinion, that's all that interesting in this season. Most of the times, they don't even really like vote. They just are like, okay, who did Kenny and West and Johnny and Tyler want to go in? All right, fine, they're going in. So those parts of it, I think, are a bit uh, are where, where those are the small holes you can po- poke in it. But sure. there are, of course, so many amazing moments in this season. Yeah. So. No, for sure. Yeah, I don't have any issue with this being number one. I mean, I had it number two. The I think Trace kind of touched on the big points for me about why I had this ranked number two. The final challenge, probably the best final challenge of all time. The elimination, one of my favorite eliminations of all time. And the, I guess, storylines that this season creates that we really hadn't touched on before, right? So now whenever the show comes up with kind of a plot line like this, like Rivals, X's, it's kind of, um, it's, it's been overdone to this point, but this is the first time we had this and it was new and interesting yep. and we hadn't had a season like this before. Mm-hmm. And I think that excitement kind of carried its way throughout the entire course of the season. Yep. And the thing that a lot of people that watch the show now that maybe didn't watch it live back then, the challenge was always one season away from being canceled. Like fresh meat two's ratings were really, really low. And so Cutthroat came back, and Cutthroat was a little better, but not much. But MTV, the person running MTV at the time, wanted to cancel this show. And if Rivals wasn't successful, 
there's a very good chance the challenge doesn't exist today. And now it's basically their franchise. Like they have put their flag in the challenge tent pole and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. So without rivals one, you might not have the challenge anymore, period. Yeah, it's kind of funny thinking about that, too, because you think, okay, to sort of expand your audience, you have to pull outside your universe and bring other people in, which is what they're doing now. But Rivals is really pulling back towards the back of their universe and pulling people into it. But see, that's what made it so brilliant. No, yeah, 100%. I just think that's interesting that that's what ends up uh, calling it out for them is calling back on all these old rivalries that people sort of fell in love with the show with and then having them be the focus of the season. But, and you know, it's also become their biggest weakness now because they're too reliant on some of those things. And, but the difference was, is as a casual viewer, I don't know that it's super easy to walk into Final Reckoning or Vendettas as a casual viewer. I think that's a little bit of a big ask for a lot of people. But for Rivals 1... They set up the pairs perfectly with those montages explaining this is why this person doesn't like this person. This is why this person doesn't like this person. This is why this happened. This is why this happened. And they set up the season storylines in the first four minutes of the show. And they carried those storylines out to a conclusion in some way throughout the show. Did Evan and Nehemiah become friends? No. Evan and Nehemiah still hated each other. And Evan threw a challenge so he could go home and start his college program that he was going on, like a master's or somewhere. And, you know, there were so many little things like that. I mean, every story that they opened up with in that opening montage paid off in some way throughout the season. And so as a casual viewer, you could watch the first episode of Rivals 1 and be instantly into every story. And that's also why... We got X's immediately afterwards. It's like, hey, that worked. What if we did battle the X's? They hate each other. Cool. <laughs> and 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 but it also was the law of diminishing returns. Battle of the sec- bat- rivals two was amazing. Battle of the X's two also amazing. Rivals three not so much. No, they haven't gone back to the well. Well, I guess final they kind of have. I mean, yeah. Vendetta's and Final Reckoning is basically yeah, that's, that's them true. trying that's- to recreate the magic of Rivals one and two and not succeeding. I mean, Vendetta just fails because of the producers being morons. But well, from what I'm hearing, War of the Worlds will be very different. So that's yeah, that's good what I'm good news. Say. I'm hearing lots of good things about War of the Worlds. So we have a lot to look forward to. I think so. But uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up. That's uh, top six uh, uh, for the people listening. And before Je- Devin wraps us up, I just want to say. For everyone that voted in the poll, thank you. Um, this show was made better by your participation and definitely sparked some interesting discussion. And um, I also just want to thank you guys for sticking with us. After we finished Inferno 2 and I started looking at our uh, listenership, we're slowly but steadily gaining people. So thank you guys so much for subscribing and supporting us and uh, give us a listen. So. Uh, hopefully, uh, in between a few other seasons, we'll do some more shows like this and do some more top sixes. Yeah, we would definitely love to hear kind of what you as the audience would want to hear us talk about going forward when it comes to any other top sixes we do or any other or more broad conversations that we have about the show. I think these are fun for us to do as it kind of breaks up the normal pattern that we've fallen into of doing three podcast episodes in each season and this is kind of a way that we could kind 
put out another podcast in the middle of the holiday season where we're all busy and don't necessarily have time to go through an entire slate of episodes. And our next episode will be on the first probably, what do you think, Trace, like five to seven episodes of Battle of the Sex. That's about that Battle right. Battle of the Sex is too. Yeah, that's I think about right. Really and that should come sometime January 2019. Yeah. So real quick to plug some stuff, um, I'm writing recaps for all the episodes of The Chatters are coming up soon on my blog on medium.com. So if you go to medium.com uh, slash Rob, Rob MCI 16, you'll not only find those, but you'll also find the entire rankings of both the people and myself from 1 to 32. So if you're interested on the full list, come check it out over there. We'd appreciate if you gave us a review on iTunes, subscribed and downloaded. And if you have any questions about the show, feel free to reach us at, at thechallengechronicles at gmail.com. And we'll talk to you in 2019. See ya. Bye.